0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to HLTV TV confirmed, and this is the Jonathan E special. Uh, I'm glad you all could be here, episode number twenty four, <laughs> and uh, we're going to be talking about all things Jonathan E. We want to get all of you forum users who uh, who, who love to just rattle off nonsense involved. So Jonathan E will be making an appearance uh, later tonight. Uh, so if you guys hang around, you'll get to see him first time anyone ever gets to look at Jonathan E. But he'll come later. For now, after you introduce my two. Uh, individuals who'll be helping me on this podcast journey, and uh, first and foremost, we have Prof. Prof. How you doing uh, great, especially because Johnny is going
1: to be joining us later. Never saw him as like same as no one on the forums, no one in the HLTV staff saw him, so it's going to be an exciting day.
0: Yeah, and uh, Straka, how do you feel about the Jonathan E. special?
2: Oh, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. I've I've been with HLTV for six years, even I don't know what he looks like, so enjoying.
0: All right. So uh, if you guys hang around, uh, I, I swear that uh, Jonathan E will turn up at some point. Uh, but for now, we're going to get into the Counter Strike. So let's start with the new segment we've been doing that we've kind of impromptuly added things to. And that's been the yaying and the naying of different topics. Now, a lot's happened. We've had basically three weeks since our last podcast. Um, so all I'm going to do is say an event name and uh, we'll yay or we'll nay. It's simple as that. So let's start in chronological order. Blast LA, yay or nay.
2: Holy shit. You're taking this. Prof, do you know? I, I
0: don't know. Oh. I, I I've I went for an a nay. I'm not sure if it's live or on the, on the. Oh, it's live. Or... Waiting for striker. Striker hasn't gone yet. I still. He's gone with uh, yay. Okay, I... so prof, you've gone with nay. Tell us why you've nayed it. Why have you said nay? It's just it. It wasn't nothing relevant happened at that event.
1: Like th- That is more or less it. That's one sentence explanation. Like liquid one. Okay. Uh, Phase got to the, like the final. Phase was in the final, right? They upset NRG. That was kind of like okay, but didn't really show us anything. Renegades were shit, but they they were also shit before. I guess that's that's the, maybe the biggest storyline: how shit Renegades were over there, and that was kind of the warning sign for them. But other than that, it's like nothing happened there that changed my view on any of the teams or anything. So that's that's my okay. View.
0: Yeah. So the I'll agree with that that the landscape of Counter Strike did not change because of that event. Uh though Striker why are you saying yay because,
2: because of the same reasons because nothing everything made sense that happened there pretty much like sure cloud Knight I guess did a little stri- bit better cloud Knight did a little bit better than we would have expected I think I guess that's that, that's one part um, I don't think um, any of us had them had them placing anywhere outside of the top bottom we didn't think they were going to go into the playoffs maybe they had like a like an outside chance but but still them actually making it was was the basically the only surprise of the tournament. But otherwise, every, every, everything went pretty much as expected. The Renegades thing, yeah, I agree, that was... maybe not um, compared to their, their previous events, because they, they went out in Cologne in last place as well. Um, so it's not not that big of a surprise, but still. Um, we In this kind of competition, we probably would have expected them to do a little bit better.
0: Okay, and my reason for yaying it was because even though... Uh they were going to have a venue where no one they and then they had to oh yeah make this happen uh for how bad things possibly could have been i think that they managed to put together something that you know was interesting to the people there i was a bit disappointed that the viewer the viewers the live viewers didn't come and say hi to me more because i intentionally for the first day sat outside or sat in the chairs where everybody else was because I thought this whole thing about giving the people coming to the event a different experience. And I was like, well, if they want to come and sit next to me and talk about the Counter-Strike as we watch it, that'd be different from what I normally do. And no one really said hi. So I thought that was a little bit disappointing, but um, overall, you know, I think that they salvaged. I look at things, this is how far gone I am from being a player. This is why I'm going to spend 21 days playing Counter-Strike before the Major. But now I look at things from an event perspective, like when we're talking about this stuff, I didn't even think from the, oh, what changed in the landscape of Counter-Strike? So yeah, it's interesting to see different takes. So let's go to the next event we had uh, in the chain of things. Uh, We will go with the NA and EU Minus, yay or nay? All right, well, we've all gone with yay. Uh, Striker, you want to take this one?
2: Uh, I think it's just it just went pretty much as expected. I actually called both of the the, the first two places. I called both Crazy and mouse sports. Um And wait, what else? What else happened? I'm trying to remember because like all these events that Fnatic were. going didn't through. didn't make it first time the Obviously, uh, yeah, Fnatic, Fnatic didn't make crimps. it. North went third and made it through to the uh, through the plans. Kind of, I was almost expecting them to to be a little bit too PTSD. But then again, they would have had to lose two best of threes to um to much worse teams than they are. So. Um, I guess for them to make it through the play makes just perfect sense. Um, then yeah, uh, generally just went pretty much as expected. I would have expected Fnatic to do a little bit better at least, but still I didn't think... I'd... This is something that I loved, uh, said on the last show when we were talking about the minors, um, which was that neither North or Fnatic were making me particularly confident in their ability to go through from first or second place. I knew mouseports were going to make, of course it was a little bit too um, too close, in the group stage for uh, for, for comfort. And um, yeah, I, I thought crazy were going to have a pretty good chance. So yeah. All right, well, I've, I've fucked up expecting. here
0: because we're talking about the minors later. I've jumped the gun a little bit. So we'll finish off the minors uh, at another point. But on our list of things to do, we don't have IAM Chicago. So IAM Chicago, yay or nay? I feel like everyone's going to say yay yeah to this one. Yeah, of course. Uh, For this event, I was super surprised with the turnout that ESL managed to get because I was scared. I, from what we had last time where we were in a smaller venue, I know they did a very good job of you know, moving the stage, but like, that's what it looked like, right? I don't know. I think that venue can hold some ridiculous amount of people. So I was really worried that it would look like hugely barren, but I think ESL did a fantastic job of, of filling it out. And look, I'm gonna make a statement right now. If Liquid just keep fucking winning everything, that's so good for Counter-Strike in North America. I don't mean Counter-Strike teams. I don't mean anything like that. I mean like the events that we run in North America, if Liquid just keep winning, right? everybody's going to want to go to the events because they're yeah. so they're so patriotic, the Americans, right? They just want to get out there and watch their fucking team. So Liquid right now, by being the best team in the world, is actually doing fantastic stuff for North American CS, right? So that's pretty cool. Um, and I think another event, there's another event where the results pretty much went as expected, right? That's what I was so yeah. happy with. The it, it was an event we went to. There was people there that were cheering. They were having a good time. Um, from a Counter-Strike perspective, everything was, was good. I just thought it was overall a... a like that should be the baseline for events, I reckon. Like that's, that's they've like, nailed the starting point for an event right there. And then obviously if it turns into something bigger and more people come or whatever, that, that's sick. But that was great, I, I, I love that one. What about you guys? I
1: missed 90% just because of the time zones being at the minor and being at the minor the whole day, not really up to staying like up to 2 a.m. 2 watching, I don't know, Zeus playing for MIBR and that, that wasn't that exciting. <laughs> but uh just from what i saw it was a the good event like what is this year
0: yearning an event like what can i say there's nothing bad about it it's, a, it's an okay thing but it's some events are okay event. shit shows, mate we've covered what did we do we did that french event earlier where they had that oh, fucking yes. hell all right we can probably move swiftly on here to get to the topics we have listed so the first one you guys can see right there gg invitational scheduled during the player break uh now for those of you who missed it Um ESO One New York is approximately two weeks, a week and a half after the major ends, I believe. Um and
2: at the end of September, yeah.
0: Yeah. So the this the the invitational, which is basically just another word for a qualifier, uh for ESO One New York has been placed in the middle of the player break. Now a lot of the teams who are playing in a consistent field, they obviously want to uh they want to fucking compete, but they've taken holidays. they booked holidays, and they're disappointed about that. So let's yay on A this one. I feel like it should be a pretty easy one. I, I already did mine. I hope be on went
2: through.
0: So. And uh, I've gone with the alternative here because I knew what you guys were going to say. And <laughs> I've just, I've yayed it. Now, I genuinely do not think that any qualifiers for Tier 1 events like ESO1 New York should be played within the player break. But I also think, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. From a TO standpoint, if you guys look at the calendar... Uh, they can't run it during the major. They can't run it the week after the major because that wouldn't be enough time to do visas, all the bullshit. Especially if like up. a
2: Russian team made it through. I mean, we saw like it, it before would have been so complicated
0: time for Chicago. Yeah. So there needs to be a, a long enough lead in time. Um, there just wouldn't be enough time. So this is poor planning. It should have been probably before. Um, but to find spare time, like my calendar, right? I look at it on my phone. I'm not going to show all you guys because it's fucking laced with, with stuff. But when I go through it, I don't see free time for me. So for the players, like my calendar is is red until the end of the year. So if I don't see free time for me, I don't know when they would do it, especially with a three-slash-four-week chunk out of the middle of the year. Now, is it poor planning? Yes. Should they have done it before the play rate? Yes. Do I understand why it's in the play rate? Yes. So I can see it from all perspectives. I do not think that it should be this way um, because we're going to miss out on having good teams at New York now. Uh, but I, I get it I get it. so maybe it's we just, can just it's yeah. just
2: against the whole premise of a player break right like the yes. player players did this exactly just to make sure none of the not the tournament organizers actually hold anything during the player break. Obviously online qualifiers a little bit different but still like there has to be a there has to be some way of of fitting it somewhere else.
0: Do you guys think though that the player break is only designed for tier one teams because that's my opinion. I think wonders, the player break is. is only designed for the teams constantly on the circuit because when i was in renegades in like when we were living in the states we, we were practicing non-stop because we wanted to get onto the circuit but once you're onto the circuit and you have the invites coming your way uh your approach can change right you don't need to play with the online qualifiers you don't need to do like well in theory you don't um so the teams who are on the circuit and traveling around the year they definitely need a player break right because like just how physically ruined your body can get from travel is 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 one of the first things of why you need a break. Um, but they also need it to kind of think about things as well. So I think that the player break is only for the tier one teams, which is maybe why we're having this issue. Because if you look at the squads who are signed up for the qualifier, maybe we'll get Lucas to bring it up. I know I should get him the link, shouldn't I? Um, but the teams there are uh, on the cusp of like tier two, tier three. If I remember looking yeah. at it rightly. G-t-3. Yeah, it's like
1: who's the best team here? I guess like Avangar currently. Crazy was supposed to play there also now that they qualified for the major or taking a break. If they didn't, they would probably be playing this. But it's kind of I mean most of these teams were gonna be on the cusp of 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 this this kind of a I thing. But it's that, also it's not only miles yeah. plus, like North isn't there they would play. I mean uh, there's a budget of... that's the vitality, problem right, with
2: these with these eight team tournaments. Especially because, obviously, only, only like six invites are going to go through. That like the the another two are going to be qualifiers, and so or like maybe two or three. So only six teams will actually go through as a as an invite. And so obviously, like a team somewhere at top ten, which is most sports at this point, is going to miss out on that invite if enough teams from the top actually accept. So they are a T one team, but but they have to play through qualifiers. So though these teams are the ones getting getting kind of fucked by by the scheduling issues.
1: Yeah, I mean in the end it's uh, ESL's it's ESL's issue that they now have a team or they will have a team that is not that exciting for the viewers as the team that they could have had. And they already have e
0: united, so we're and, gonna have to And two they teams. already have e
1: united, yeah. So that's that's their issue. Obviously, when you have these GG Bet style invitational things, then it has to happen after the after the Initial qualifiers—it just takes so much time. As you said, it's a s- scheduling issue that was done poorly. But at the other hand, at least we'll have something going on during the player break. It'll be like some form of pretty decent CS, like Force is there and a couple of other decent teams. So, so it's it's good for the viewers. It's shit for the top teams, but whatever. Like we also like. Sports North everyone will survive by with not going to ESL1 New York it's not going it, to kill them right
0: yeah it's just unfortunate because if these eight teams like Chicago and New Yorks are happening at that point I want I would just want the best eight teams invited, right? Like if if that's how if that's like a couple of events they're going to run, I'd want the cream of the crop. I don't want anybody there that's a waste of time because if you're having less, to, the group stage is usually where we get the shit teams out of the events. Like yeah. I, I'm not meaning that to sound harsh. I want these teams to come over from Korea, to come over from you know fucking Thailand to South America. I want them to come over and I want them to play and I want them to get the experience. But if it's like a tier one event. ESL One New York, and I don't know why this hasn't happened, could be one of the greatest events in the whole calendar. We're in the fucking Barclays Center in New York. We could be fucking having one of the most insane events every year. Now, unfortunately, it's hard to sell tickets in New York. Uh, it's hard to sell tickets in America, sorry, not just New York. But that that being the problem kind of sucks. And obviously, you know, not having all the headliners here sucks as well. Because if you look at this, we have a disparity you've got liquid you've got fucking Astralis, you've got ants you've got g2 and you've got phase or NRG as well there's some heavy hitting names in the top 10 there's right? basically
2: like vitality missing like out of the out of the league teams basically that's that's it yeah that's so pretty if- stacked outside of v united obviously
0: if we had, you know, those last two slots filled by other teams in the top 10, that would be fucking, it'd be a banger. But uh, I mean,
1: it, it should have been a Furia, but then United just literally wrecked them when marky dropped like 38 kills on Overpass or some shit. And yeah, right. they beat them, so that's, well, whatever. I mean, they deserve the spot, they beat the team, right? But, if that could have been could have been better, definitely. So, what can you
2: do? I mean, do? yeah, I imagine if like the last two spots would have been Vitality and whatever, like a North or, or something yeah. like that. Like, it would have been a
0: really sick event, honestly. All right, well, we've yayed and we've made the qualifier. We see that I that mean, one's... by so... the
2: way, especially mm. because you're missing, like, all of those bad matchups and stuff like that, like the first round matchups of Cologne, which are 1 versus 16, 2 versus 15, blah, blah, blah. And obviously those bottom two teams that... Maybe not Cologne specifically because that was just stacked as hell in general. But generally these top... These 16 team uh, events have, like, maybe three or four teams that we just know are going to bomb out and... In groups like yeah. an MVP PK or, or some somebody like that, so for for a tournament to only have like the the, the the good match the good matches would have been pretty sick.
0: Yeah, and it's more of a digestible um, amount of time, right? Four days, yeah. you know, compared to the normal events that are running, obviously six days. Most people aren't watching the first two days of the event, and right. like that kind of like. Uh, Lots of people are. Lots of you guys, you guys in the fucking chat right now, watching the podcast. You people probably listening to the podcast. You guys watch all the Counter Strike. You're you're the people who are the hardcore audience, right? That's what we're dealing with right here. It's obviously very difficult to get the casual audience to uh, to to tune into every single game of Counter Strike. Um, I actually wanted to take a bit of a tangent here uh so let my brain just catch up to where i wanted to go this was a topic that i wanted to to talk about and we can yay and we nay in the beginning and i want to explain to you guys a couple of traditional sporting examples and then we can translate it over into counter-strike so okay. cricket is where i'll start um you guys probably don't know cricket very well but we can we can go on from there so on cricket you have one days what you have uh you have one sorry you have test matches. A test match goes up for up to five days. That's how long a cricket match can go for of a test match. You can have one dayers, which are just a, a, a match that goes for one day. It's literally a whole day. Like you start in the morning and then you finish when the sun goes down. Sometimes they even turn the lights on and they keep playing at nighttime. You can have uh, you three dayers. You can have twenty twenty, which is the fast format. You go and you watch that within three hours. In tennis, you've got clay courts. You've got grass courts. You've got fucking the hard courts, whatever it is. Um in football, you've got proper football, like the the normal that we're all used to seeing at the World Cup. We've got five aside, we've got indoor, we've got all these different variations. Do you guys think in Counter-Strike, we can yeah, we know this, and I'll fucking throw the question in there while you guys are thinking about it. Do we oh. think that Counter-Strike should have something like that? And I'm talking about like um remember CGS we had MR9 rules, right? With 16k start money. If we had a tournament, let's just let's just use Blast as an example. If Blast ran a tournament that was MR9, 16K, and it was a thing that you could watch, and it was just pure entertainment. Do you think that would be something that people would be interested in, or do you think Counter-Strike's not big enough yet to facilitate those kind of, like, side shoots of things? Are we yay or are we nay? I
2: I went yay already just because of the question, how you formulated the question, basically. I do think this is something that people would be interested in. Obviously, me as a a pretty damn hardcore fan, like, I wouldn't wouldn't consider this, like, normal Counter-Strike. You were talking about it being more about entertainment and i'm not i'm not saying there's no place for that in the scene not not at all like you say that there's people who want to watch that so it will always have a place uh, it's just it's probably it wouldn't do it for me it would be interesting to see like how teams would approach it but after we got used to this this kind of a format as well i feel like we would just realize what kind of downsides it has like mr9 um and stuff like that and how like um uh, mm. Why it got changed in the first place, right? So, like, I, mean, uh, once I don't I think, think it's I about could. like
1: a, a specific, like, an MR sixteen K. It's like, is there a potential for anything different, like, a, any different rule set? I don't know, three v three or whatever the fuck that that could be interesting to people. I think it could be. But at the same time, what I find interesting in CS is just like having people accustomed to a meta, and then people. Adapting to that, encountering that, and the flow that happens in like this month to that month, tournament to tournament, and then like the small changes that come in and change the way certain maps are played, the, the like the sidedness of maps. That is the thing that is the most interesting to me. And then I, I'm not sure how that would translate. Like, we'd have to have a pretty strong scene that plays like a 3v3 mode to make that one interesting in my opinion it can't be just like an off tournament in my opinion
0: yeah because like i think about it right what we give the viewer at home and this is why i talk about like the hardcore audience and the you know uh the more loose based fans who just you know don't really know a lot about counter-strike for them to watch a best of three series guys can take up to three hours and that's not really an amount of time which a lot of people have especially with something that they aren't can be
1: can't be quite longer than three hours can be
0: easily like four hours
1: four yeah. and a yeah. half hours depending if it's like overtime the proof the breaks in between maps uh, depending on the
0: tournament organizer and stuff like that so it is a long time so that's why i say something like this because i want it to be consumable right like i the, the biggest thing for counter-strike is obviously our hardcore audience is fantastic that's what we want right we want people who understand the nuances of the game the things that we love about the game we want other people to love but right now i don't know if we have the best way to be able to give that to people and we still say that best of ones you know, you know you know aren't aren't the best format which is fine but what if we just had a fun tournament you know remember the htc uh 2v2s Where i was gonna, I was gonna mention that
2: actually as, a, as an argument that it People were definitely interested in that, and they they kind of had fun. But I don't see people like watching that again in like another two months' time or whatever. Like it couldn't be a regular no, thing, you're I think. right?
0: It would have to be. It would have to be something which really would capture the capture the audience in one way. So maybe it would have to be something done with the really big personalities in CS or, or people who are more like personality. I don't know. Anyway, it's just an interesting topic that I thought we could uh, we could talk about. So we, c- we can maybe bring that one back up at a at a later date. Uh, the next topic. Yep. Sorry. Rumblings about MIBR KNG. Now, do we think this is a good idea?
1: Are we voting? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I we're, voting, vote. we're voting.
0: All right, so we all think it's a good idea. Now, I think we all think it's a good idea for the same reason, but Prof, you can, uh, you can take this one away.
1: Like, he is the only player in Brazil right now that has has star potential to the level that M-I-B-R need to be a top team again that is like the yep. yeah, simple as that. I was listening okay. to I was listening to your show last time and Pimp was saying like oh there must be you you need to lo- look into the into the brazilian scene look into the lower teams but I looked into the lower teams and there's not a single player that is there there's like VSM who everyone it's says back-band. is a sick player and he's back banned so that's not an option. And then you have like a couple of decent players like like the sharks players like exit and Leo Drunkie, they they're putting up decent numbers, but they already played in Europe in, the, in like online cups and stuff like that, and they didn't blow anyone away. So that is literally everyone you have. There's like a couple of players that everyone knows that are like 28 years old at this point. It's it's not like Henny. That that is not the thing. So in my opinion, K- KNG is the only guy that we didn't see play in like the tier tier one for a long time. But when he was playing, he was he was pretty good and at the, at the same time now in INTZ he's the, he's the guy that's scaring them all the time so I think he has the, the raw skill to, to be the player that MIBR needs.
0: I think that we're all in that same same standpoint. Um, I think what he also brings alongside of Lucas is that fire again um, because the other guys have already been at the top of the mountain you know, they've already seen what it looks like when you stand on top of Mount Everest and you look at the fucking rest of the world. They already know what that feeling is. I think Lucas, you already saw it when he played for them with the coach there as well. Um, and definitely with KNG, if you guys watched any of the minors, they have the passion, you know, for, for fucking people up. And I'm not saying that the other guys left on MIBI don't. Uh, I just think that it's difficult to see that. Um, it's, it's difficult to keep chasing that feeling that you've already, already found and if you have other people who you can see are chasing that feeling and they're next to you then it will help you right and that's why certain teams after a period of time probably just need to make a roster change anyway like that's that's the whole point is because it's the staleness of mentality and the mental side of this is their biggest issues because we've all seen a game in recent times, where Fallen has just gone ham with the AWP, he's been constantly reflushed into areas, he's just fucked people up. We've seen uh, Fur with the game where he's feeling the instinctual side of things, going aggressive and finding all those kind of picks and plays. It's still there, the individual ability. I think it's just the mind, um, and, and I completely resonate with that. You know, the mental side of this game is probably the hardest. Um, so, you know, it's gonna be, if, if it happens, if they're able to sort it out, if they're able to make it work, it, it's probably the solution to make the Brazilians more competitive. And if it means that Fallen has to go back to secondary AWPing and Rifling, for those of you who don't remember, Fallen wasn't even AWPing in the original Brazilian teams going over. It was ZQKS. Fallen wasn't even the orper. So if KNG takes the reins and does that job, and Fallen is like a Rifler and more of a supportive element in that team, or maybe he plays as part of the pack going aggressively for entries, I think that's a good change. Because as a player, as well, to reinvent yourself or have an opportunity to do so, like Fallen will get, it gives you a fresh perspective and that will help his in-game leading as well so um, you know I think this is an exciting one and I hope it happens but uh, yeah I'm sorry about my webcam everybody I don't know what it is could be Henry and Machine downstairs you know downloading all the porn making me lag but uh, all right, we'll move on to the next topic now this one here is a quick one I don't even know what this fucking means Um, we're going to talk about 100 Thieves announcing their return to CSGO so do we think this is good or bad?
2: I mean it's hard to say that it's that it would be bad it's, there's nothing that will make it bad.
0: Exactly. But do we think that it will be a move that will garner a top team? Or do we think it's a move Look, um, that we'll my, see with another, my theory, another project? My
2: sticking with this, is that they're going to get Cold Zero, they're going to buy out Nico, they're going to just splash out shitloads of money on, on people and just make a new phase super team, basically. It's There's not, no way you go toe to toe theory, with theory.
0: Phase with a fucking you know you, they, they can't go toe to toe with Phase without spending money. Surely, I mean, it's they a just raised like thirty-five million. million, right? Right? They just raised thirty-five. Oh, hundred
2: Thieves, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
1: I, I they're obviously in Call of Duty, and Call of Duty has the the franchise league. So, I guess they'd be spending a lot of money in that's in that direction. But they announced the the CS:GO move as well. So, is this may, maybe it's just like a PR thing to raise money? Who knows what's going on. But if they are coming in and they look like an organization that is on the rise while FaZe, although they're big, they're kind of on the plateauing I would feel. Obviously don't have the books, but just with the things going on recently. If, they, if someone can, can make a team that is like the Colzera and Eco team, then I guess it's like them. Who, who else? Like Who else? Obviously you can't know it's going to happen, but like who else I mean, who anybody who has like that, that
2: kind of money with today's buyouts is a good thing for a CS, basically, like, yeah, um, to, to be able to put, like, an insane team together just because they have the money for it. Because most, most organizations were not going to be able to, or maybe they will be able to, they just don't think it, it's, it's worth the risk. But for an organization who's just, like, hitting CSGO from, a, from um, completely new, like, for them to just come into CSGO and just splash out, like, $5 million on the most insane lineup we've ever seen. On paper at least. Like that would just... be honest, rock at them in the, in the scene.
1: Even if it's not like Kozira and Nico, even if it's like some combination of other semi-free agents or t- players and teams that are kind of stuck. Even if it's like a Sunny, Smuja, yeah, yeah. I don't know, fucking... Uh, Lowell, whatever the fuck. Some like weird combination. Look, like anything that happens, like sticko whatever you combine something like that that would also be an uh, interesting thing but i think they also want a team to be an na to be in like their vicinity of their facilities and stuff like that so that could be a a hard point to get some european team european players i mean
0: yeah well money is good guys money makes the world go around all right the last one for the na special Astralis split from refresh now it's happened the news is out there it's fucking it's fucking happened boys now obviously I think this is another clear-cut one do we think it's good or bad well I think we obviously think it's good uh, it's just in the details of whether it is truly good or bad so who was telling me which one of you was it strike were you telling me about it before yeah, or prof, yeah what, what's the situation
2: well the situation basically is from what I understood um, and it's not completely um, put together I think it's going to go up on initial to be pretty soon um, so you guys can read about it pretty um, probably like within the next half an hour or something it, but yeah, generally I... to
1: report on it oh so
2: there we go saying. Uh, from what I understood, the whole situation, basically, the well, we already heard that, two, that the two entities, the Blast one and the Teams one, um, are going to be separate. And um, apparently, Nikolai Niholm which is the CEO of the whole refresh, or was the CEO, is only going to be uh, the CEO of the Astralis group, which is going to be the, the Teams, the Origin and Astralis in CSGO. Um, and then somebody else is going to um, refresh, as in the Blast Pro Series part is just going to move I think to London, and uh, somebody else is going to be in charge of that. Like the whole management is supposed to be separate. We don't know how much, how much of that is going to be true, and whether like there's going to be any stake. Whether, for example, Nicola Niholm is going to have any stake in the Blast Pro Series one. Um, I don't know to what extent the that part of the company was bought out or or whatever. But um, from what I understand, it's, it's it is going to be separate.
1: All right, well, this one, I guess, we have to wait. Uh, there's an interesting part of the part of the the, the report on dust 2dk uh, At the end, it says because like Danish uh, tax and whatever, you have to be public with your numbers. And it says Refresh lost 40, 45 million Danish kronas, which is about seven or eight million dollars, and like in not negative revenue, obviously. But it says, however, the company still has equity of fifty eight million. So like. They're not in the minus, but they are losing money. So, interesting. That is is seven 7 million euros in one year.
0: What does it say, Lucas? Okay, but that would mean that the deal is done, right? Because we already heard that they were leaving. We already No, knew no, no, that this,
2: that is, was... this is done.
0: This is a done deal. Okay, so it's all over. All right, well, I'm the kind of guy who wants to wait and see for like one of our many lovely journalists in Counter-Strike to uh, do some deep diving. What is happening to my laptop?
2: What is happening? What did you want to do?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Open a bazillion fucking document windows. What? Give me one second.
1: Uh, Where are we going next? What's next on the... I sent Lucas
0: something. Lucas, you got to open this. This is the last one. You ready? All right. Open this one up. Do we think that Simon Gaming should have to change their logo. <laughs> All right, everybody, if you missed this one, Simon Gaming were contacted by Star Ladder that uh, their logo is too similar to that of Immortals. Um, now, Immortals aren't going to be in the major, nor uh, anything to do with Immortals. Well, MIBR, I, MIBR, yeah. Never mind. No, nothing to do with the Immortals logo. So unless they're planning on submitting a MIBR logo with the Immortals logo in there as well, uh yeah i don't know simon gaming fucking stay strong your team well, isn't very point, uh, very promising like you, but might you as can well, do
2: it might as well pepsi might as well come in and, and claim like some sort of a, a a problem with with simon's logo like that's how close simon's and immortals logo is and like pepsi i, into mean, both I mean it's
1: like a combination of the two i see what what they're trying to say but like at the, the, the same time like when the, you look the, at the simon logo do you think anything about the do you think about immortals of do you think not. about the gamers club you don't The gamers
2: club I can because see like the 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 bottom part like but that's But basically, you see like, like the immortals like
1: the like the S thing yeah, in the, in right. the, but it's like flipped on the it's like okay it's obviously that the the artist had some uh, some kind of a uh, imp- like just inspiration from these two logos but it obviously doesn't even remind you of the, of the I logos. mean, I
2: don't think I don't think there was maybe from the game is called, but not not from Immortals. like the background of Immortals, is like the circle thing that yeah. ties in the middle. That's like that that you can see that for fucking anywhere. Like, it's not just Immortals. like is I'm sure inspired themselves from somewhere else as well, well with that particular idea. So I don't think uh, yeah, I don't maybe think there's, all, there's all a of the teams there. that
1: have this like Spartan mask should just yeah exactly, exactly for their
2: <laughs> exact
0: uh,
1: very original Spartan
0: mask design. That's the thing. When they had the team name Immortals, I was expecting something like super cool as like the logo. And then when that was it, I was like, oh, well, you guys aren't very original or exciting. Immortals. Think about the name Immortals. They are fucking immortal. They walk the earth. They are indestructible. You can't fucking kill them. And that's their logo? Yeah, that's not... Come on, guys. Like, it's... if you are immortal, why do you need a helmet, man? Yeah, what's, exactly. What's the point of the helmet? That's a good point. Anyway... um, I link, I like you like Lucas. Don't worry about it. But basically, if anyone's excited uh, about plagiarism, go check a case out that happened with Apple, the company demanding Woolworths, an Australian supermarket chain, uh, change their logo because apparently they were too similar. So that's the logos. Apple were like cha- Woolworths is the, like the biggest supermarket chain in all of Australia, and they were Apple were like you did you need to change it. I don't think we did change it. I used to work for Woolworths back in the day, uh, but anyway, What's the fuck them. Woolworths. It's, it's, Wool- under, it's Woolworths, on the screen yeah. right now.
2: Yeah. Oh shit! Okay, I don't have but it.
0: But it, it's all good. We're I'll we're over that. that. We're going to continue into the topics right now. So we're going to start with one that I assume is going to be pretty quick. Uh oh! Wait, we got the questions for everybody. The user questions. Users, there's a vote. You can vote. The the questions which you'll be voting for. Uh wait, you're not. We're not ready yet. We're not ready <laughs> yet. Everyone, calm down. Uh, what kind of story could I tell about Woolworths that won't get me in trouble? Um. Uh, hmm. Did what, you, did you, what did you what did you steal what did you steal i didn't steal anything it's more like what i used to do in like produce fridges oh <laughs> it's nothing bad <laughs> to anybody's food I, just, I didn't touch any of your food don't worry about it people i i'm not i'm not a fucking insidious hateful person i'm just promiscuous um all right are we ready lucas all right your options are users you can vote for a conversation about strass to split from refresh i actually won't vote that. for that because we just did that because it's in breaking news uh option two major rule changes about the rule changes at the major and s- option three is the intel grand slam season three update so uh the new things that are going on there with the intel grand slam we'll discuss that at the end of the show if we have time all right moving forward liquid simple one what makes them so good anyone want to put their hand up for this one
2: is it, do you think it's simple I mean it's not simple it's not simple simple. I think it's Um, very complex
0: but I think that the one thing that separates them from everybody else well it's not the one thing I think the things that separate them from everybody else at the moment is their work ethic and the fact that they're all on the same page in terms of understanding what they want to achieve in the server I don't mean they all want to win everybody wants to fucking win everybody wants a million dollars but i mean that they all understand the, the style of counter-strike that they want to play and that obviously is backed up by f- all five of them being fantastically skilled individuals for me like this is what i talk about on the desks so like i want you guys to tell me why you think because i obviously spout Find my on. reasons people don't want to hear that again personally i
2: like that you didn't didn't go didn't start with them being fantastically uh, skilled individually of course that's true and they p- probably are the most skilled lineup we've ever seen but i don't think that that's, that's the biggest part in their success i don't think um, that's the case at all i definitely agree with the fact that they they just understand very well what to do for each other like you can you can see uh, how twists doesn't really even have like particularly star roles but he's he's able to to make them work and not just because he's skilled it's because he understands what that role needs, right? And that doesn't really come down to skill. It also comes down to your mental uh, and stuff like that. So they just understand very well what they need to give up in order to make each other better better, and to, to make the whole team work and the, the whole play style work. So I think that's the biggest part that that's that's made them the best team in the world, not the skilled, even though obviously that helps a lot. And that's what's a lot of the time is, is what's going to take you over the edge, but uh, it's not the baseline that, that you need to to become the best team in the world, let alone, as dominant as they have been. Prof?
1: I think the interesting part is how they kind of managed to figure out a way to use that skill and not overcomplicate things. Because there have been a lot of very skilled teams in the past and have not been successful. And then for different reasons, obviously. But this one really just, they just hit the very simple yet very effective way of playing where they have a good baseline of tactics of team play but at the same time they just do sometimes they do just stupid shit like so, someone just pushes the monsters smoke and goes in and kills three guys and it's like okay we went around this way and then if that doesn't work they can also play the whatever the fuck they want like i've watched overpass games where on the t side they just hit b for like eight rounds in a row with like a couple of flashes and yeah. one smoke and that and it works and they just don't, they don't okay oh they are expecting us to come B now we need to go A they don't do it they just go B again kill everyone and they just do that <laughs> and they, that, that is kind of funny to watch but I think I, I'm not sure how they got to the decision or the mental place where they they're like okay we can just play mm-hmm. like bullshit CS and win like when was that when did that occur to them that that is that is my biggest question about Liquid because mean, obviously they're they're pretty I've, good.
2: Yes, it's confidence-based, but I wouldn't call it bullshit. I think it's just the way that like the best teams in the world can kind of like play around with everybody by doing basically that, like just hitting the same side ten times in a row. Because the other team is just gonna, it's just at some point they're gonna start thinking, surely they're gonna go A at some point. Like they they can't go B <laughs> again, so they're not gonna overstack B, and then they realize, oh fuck, they they're hitting B again. Or just like it's it's them also like being able to to use the right timings and and the right fakes and stuff like that. And just make the other team think uh, that they're not going to do something. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a lot of things together, I think. I
0: think that almost every single round that this team plays, they can win. Like, every single round. I don't care what... Like, okay, a five-clock round, probably not. But every other round that they play, I think they can win. It doesn't matter the circumstances. When, when I see them in a two-on-five situation, I don't sit there and go, fuck, they've lost this round. I go, they're probably going to win this two-on-five. Like... They just have, for whatever reason, this innate ability to play off each other so well in all of these scenarios. And you make a mistake and they will punish you. And they'll make a mistake and they'll just hit a stupid headshot. And it's like, well, they should be dead. But uh, <laughs> lucky their individual skills saved them. So I think it's a combination of like all these factors.
2: I think it's fun like trying to figure out how they're going to win these rounds, right? Like, before they happen you think about, okay, so what, what will it take for, the, for Liquid to, to win this two oh five 2v5 or like a 2v4 where they're hitting a stacked site or something? Like you're thinking about how, how are they going to turn this around? Like, because you know they probably will, yeah.
0: All right, so next part of this is what can the other teams, so Vitality, Ancestralis, I guess Na'Vi, all, all the top teams in the world who we look towards, what can they possibly do to, to stop them now? This is an interesting answer because you could look at it from, well, maybe Liquid will be there. Well, actually, before we get stuck into that, this conversation comes up every single time a team is the best. And I fucking hate it because it just shows how fickle fans are, or at least some people who are just fucking morons. Maybe not all fans, maybe just some fans, and usually the vocal minority of fans. But a bunch of people always come out and they go, oh, Liquid are the best and the most, like, in, the, in an era that's not very competitive and other teams haven't been going. Just shut the fuck up. We said the same thing last time around when Astralis were the best. People were like, oh, MIBR are having troubles and Faze aren't as good as they were. Olof's, uh, Olof's not here. You know, they're using Krohman. All this shit comes up every single time. You know there's a reason that these teams like change rosters and aren't as good as they are? Because they keep fucking losing to the best team because they want to get a solution to beat the best team. That's why the best team causes the other teams to be shit. Not the other way around, right? That's the way it works. There's no, we're not going into an era where literally every other Counter-Strike team has gone, uh, well I'm not really feeling it anymore let's just let Liquid be the best or uh, let's have some roster changes that'll, that'll that'll be fun right now it's going in and getting destroyed by the same team time and time again or losing to an upset team or having some your confidence broken somewhere that makes those teams shit because they're not just shit they look, they're shit to the, compared to the best team well the best team is the best because they keep winning that's how the concept works ladies and gentlemen so next fucking moron I see making a thread like that I'm going at ya I'm fucking going at you. Anyway, sorry guys. Let's get back. I on think point. you already
1: did, but okay. <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> point mean, is, uh, what
1: what you said is I, I, what I think will have to happen. Like roster changes will have to happen t- for anyone to to overcome them. Because with uh, maybe Astralis has yeah, a team probably. that can, but obviously they didn't play that much, and uh, a lot of a lot of question marks about around them. But the the other teams like Ents obviously. Can't beat Liquid. That is just like this. Ends lineup will not be better than Liquid.
2: Just why? Vitality the same thing. I think if we can say and, also at this yeah, point. I mean, although with Vitality, and I feel like we're we have some sort of a topic later where we're going to get to them, or at least some some of the later tournaments. Maybe think, we, we don't. I don't I remember. I think this is the topic where you talk about. Okay. Vitality. Well, I'm going to talk about Vitality. Then obviously there's the that is the argument of they've been really busy. They like these last couple. These last this last month or so. They barely like you know, I talked to Alex, They barely had any time to practice at all. Like they, they basically didn't practice for an entire month outside of maybe like some some like warm up practices that they have and before their um, their matches. So it's kind of hard to keep up and just to refresh some of your stuff when you when you can't really practice, right? Like you can do the, all the theory you want, but you you're never going to be able to try to um, try to actually use it in practice until you try it in actual tournaments, which is obviously kind of a double edged sword. Um, So yeah, with Vitality, there's of course there's that argument, but at the same time, like when you look at that lineup, there's too many question marks. Like from round to round, like you know Apex is gonna overpeak something um, a a couple of times a match at least. Like you know RPK is gonna miss like a shot that he shouldn't. um, That that like a top team um, or like a team, a player in the in the best team in the world shouldn't miss um, and stuff like that. And you know. Whatever, Alex had had those moments before as well. I don't think I I've said this before. I'm done criticizing Alex because, like, at some point, he had a really bad performance. But he's just since then he's just been proving me wrong, time and time again. So I'm for the, for the time being, I'm I'm done criticizing the guy. And no matter how Ziu, how good I is, he's never gonna be able to consistently just like beat Liquid on his own, basically, or or just um like take them over the edge against a team like Liquid. So that's the that's the reason I, why I feel like Vitality weren't are never going to be the the best team in the world in general, uh, and especially against somebody like Liquid, who's just been so dominant.
0: All right, so I I think here, right, it'd be a fun, this would be a fun thing for everybody at home. Because Counter-Strike teams all get together at different points, you want to have like a hive mind of learning. Right, what Liquid have is ideal. They have they had four players who'd all been playing together for a decent period of time, and they'd experienced a lot, and they were on the same page. They were kind of just missing the last piece of the puzzle, which was Stewie. But Stewie already was playing that type of Counter Strike anyway. That's how he liked to play Counter Strike. That's the shit he grew up in. So plugging him in there is is you know them putting their foot all the way down to the gas. But if we started every single year with every single team who like, let's wipe all their knowledge. And then we'll start like of team knowledge and we'll start again. Everyone's starting at the same, the same starting point. Right now, the, this race we're doing is really staggered. Everyone is starting at different starting points. So when you consider that, like a team like Vitality who has only climbed to this point in a short period of time, realistically, probably don't have enough learning, right, to beat them. Because the more they learn, then the better they can be in certain scenarios. But they can't catch up because Liquid is still constantly learning. So unless Liquid shoot themselves in the foot, a team like Vitality in my mind, unless they make a personnel change, probably won't be able to catch up with a team like Liquid. But so Astralis, for example, they have the acquired learning of when they were the best. They have this acquired learning of when they're not winning and they know the adjustments that they probably should make within their gameplay to beat Liquid. So I think with a team like Astralis, it's possible. I think ENCE yeah. probably needs a roster change. I think Vitality needs more consistency Um, Na'Vi, we don't know. We haven't really seen a lot from them just yet. They need more time. But they were doing that. They had, okay, well, we have this five and we get this close. Okay, if we change one more member, how much closer can we get? And that's kind of what we're learning here. So I think it's about calculating the skill of a roster with the experience and possible time that they could have of learning together. That's why Renegades, when they had that boot camp in Europe at the start of the year, came out looking so good because they had been already playing against that playstyle consistently for 3 or 4 weeks and then they had constantly learnt and it was so fresh because it was there every day that was their routine so I think you know, for these teams it's just going to be a factor of time they're going to need some unless Liquid fuck themselves and that's that's in my opinion the only way I hope it gets competitive to the point of where they're not winning every final but I think that Astralis at the moment are the only team who I think has what it takes to beat them I
2: feel like I'm going to throw a name out there it's probably going to be a little bit maybe Maybe crazy, but I'm gonna throw sports out there into that mix just maybe like a year from now. Like not right now, maybe not not at this exact point, but as long as Chris J keeps being like, as in fact was he has been with this sports team, I feel like mouseports is another one um, in that sort of uh, discussion, as long as they, they just keep getting that experience in. Because it's like, we know how just insane can all, all those three youngsters be. And with Chris J being at that level as well, a lot of the time, like, that lineup could definitely um, go up there as well. It's just probably not going to happen with any time this year or, or maybe, like, early next year or something like that. They're just going to need more time. But I think they have the potential to get there too.
0: I definitely can see it, like, as a as a once-off this year that they could beat them in, like, a semifinal or a final or something along those lines. So they could do it. Like, the, w- those peaks you're talking about are there. It's just, like, the consistency is what we're looking for. Yeah. We used to have areas of Counter-Strike where it wasn't consistent, which is fine. But at the moment, what we're, like... To dethrone the current kings, you need to be consistent. That's why we were oh, so that's hesitant. That's what I'm saying.
2: Like, yeah. not right now, I, I, I can't see it happening consistently, like within the next six months. Like, it's gonna take time. I just think uh, they don't need to change lineups uh, in order to, to get there. They just need to um, to to actually do some some more play time.
1: To be honest, like talking about consistently dethroning, like at the moment, no one is even like getting a one-off win off of them. So uh, that would also be <laughs> a, mean, a good one... starting point for someone to... Just like the last loss was uh, Summit, right? From from Vitality. That's the yeah, last that's time true. they lost. So GG. And, there, there's and also the best of one. Yeah, best of one to North. In, that's basically in
2: it in the past seven tournaments that they lost. They lost but, to Vitality and then they lost to uh, to North the best of one. That's it. For what? A, three, a, three and a half months, months now or something? Three months?
0: A problem that, they, that everyone else has now is that They have also they also ride this wave of confidence. Like I have never seen Naf so candid in every aspect. It hasn't just changed like his on camera persona. Like talking to Naf, he's like much more outgoing now. Like Stewie has always been very outgoing. But Naf, like much more outgoing and talkative. The same with all of them, right? Like this has changed this run or or Stewie coming in, or however you want to quantify it, has changed their mentality from like I don't want to say humble. Because I think like most competitors aren't humble unless you it's like real cultural. But like they've gone from whatever they are, I can't think of a good word for it right now, to like fucking animals for this shit. They are like freaks of nature about winning now, right? And they just want to fuck everybody up. That's the best bit. Just that's the whole thing that we want to do here, right? It's just fuck everyone else up. That's why we play Counter-Strike to show that you're better. This is
2: something that I that I tweeted about, actually. I just love every time we have like a dominant team like this, I love how cocky they are. I love how they know how good they are, I love how they showed that. Even though it's very subtle a lot of the time, like even with Astralis and stuff like that, like you can see like when X clutches a 1v4, he just has that little smile, like that knowing smile, you know, that yeah, I can do that pretty consistently, you know? So I just love that part about Counter-Strike, man. Like whenever somebody dominates as, as much as a Liquid has or, or like an Astralis has, like they just have that aura uh, around them that you can just tell from like every time that you talk to them about CS or whatever, I could, you can just tell that they have that. It's just so very subtle and you just pick up a lot of these hints. I love that, honestly.
1: I also find it pretty funny and pretty worrying for the rest of the teams that everyone's trying... They're just giving them so much credit recently. Alex, with that interview, among other, <laughs> you see on Twitter all the time, people saying, oh, you, you guys are so good, you're so good. It's like, stop, stop hyping. Like, you're, you're literally playing against them two weeks from now. Why are you telling them? They are so good. Just stop doing that. You can, like, you can be respectful, say, okay, they're the best now, whatever. You don't have to literally be up their asses all the time saying they're the best team. They're so good. You can't do anything. <laughs> just like they have they, their ego is, and their confidence is so high right now after winning six biggest tournaments in a row. You, you don't need to add to that as a competitor as their enemy in the game right
0: yeah because you're you're actually ruining your own mindset by doing that right like if yeah. you already go into that game thinking that you can't beat them then you're going to have that mindset even if it's subconscious in the game another thing definitely don't do is definitely don't make a statement like I can fuck them up right because if you make yeah. that statement they're gonna take that as a oh oh really because if you give them extra hunger in a game that's when they're going to go even more like I I can imagine if I was as good as some of those players and somebody who like thought they're on my level said some shit I would just I would that would and I was already the best that's the extra hunger I needed just to go well I probably wasn't going to watch your demos because I was already going to beat you anyway but now I'm going to make you feel like a piece of shit and make sure you don't get any kills like me as a competitor that's what I would do if somebody was talking shit about it I would like learn all their tendencies all their spots I would just fuck them up like and then you're not talking shit again, are you? Like that's that's where I would go if I was liquid. Like, just I mean the conflict, the of...
2: conflict situation, basically.
0: Yeah. Like, you're where gonna he be kept talking
2: shit until until he got burned too many times.
0: It's it's a bit of fun, you know. Obviously, certain heels are better at than others. But uh, speaking of heels, uh, do you guys have anything more you want to talk with the whole liquid scenario?
2: Um, uh, not really. I definitely okay. agree with the fact that at this point, Astaras are probably the only lineup. Hard lineup that can take them down. Everybody else would need some lineup changes. Hundred percent.
0: Yeah. All right. I hope we get that. You know, for the talent of the year, like the 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 best of last year going up against the best of this year in a consistent battle would be would be nice to see. Anyway, I just
2: want I just want Cold Zero and Nico to 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 team up, get Sunny in there, you know, and and get two new players, and just like show us what you can do. I just love these like, uris.
0: Anything's
1: possible after the wet dream slash HLT4. Yeah. Exactly. All star lineups.
0: All right. Our yeah. next topic: What changes should the Swedes make? Now, Fnatic. For those of you who aren't aware, we're going to talk more about the miners later. But they came uh, fourth place at the European Minor, which means that they didn't even have an opportunity to play in the play-in. Uh, the teams who made it through were Mouse Sports, Crazy, and then obviously North went to play in the play-in, and then Fnatic didn't have an opportunity. So we don't need to specifically just uh, talk about Fnatic. Like we'll focus on them first. But our top three we're doing next, guys. We're going to be talking about. Uh, takeaways from the minor i believe uh so we can maybe throw some other things in there so let's start talking about fanatic then we'll go on to sweden count- counter strike as a whole and then we'll end bleeding into the top three point um so is everyone in agreement that uh changes have to be made like do we all think let's do, yes. air. do you guys think changes have to be made we can do uh okay yeah. okay you were quick we got to got answer that striker so give give it a crack well,
2: I mean, there is no question that there have to be some changes. I'm not entirely sure what they can be, though, because obviously at this point, like, I'm guessing we're getting to, to a point where Golden will be in Sweden and will be in an IP as long as kind of my theory stays that, that he's just there. He's not there only as a, uh, as a stand-in for the, um, for the major, uh, but for, the, for just to, to, to stay there longer. So that's one of them. That just has to come through. I think for for an IP, for an IP to finally solve the their like leadership issues. I don't necessarily agree with you. I'm guessing you're going to go there because you've already talked about Golden like returning to Sweden like several times on the podcast. I don't necessarily agree that, that that Golden is the savior or anything, but I just think it's a good first step at least because at this point there's just nobody else. If you want to stay Swedish, um, there's nobody else uh, that can that can game lead. So that's. That's definitely the first step towards it, at least in an IP. In Fnatic, it's just it's hard as fuck, man. Like I would start with Twist probably because he just doesn't seem to cut it in terms of like individual confidence or, or just the way that he plays. You can tell that he's just not cut out of the same cloth as, as like a, a JW who just has so much confidence in himself, even though he's like not um, doing so well. So I feel like that's that's the first step, and in terms of leadership, I don't know. I'm always taught about exists just because, whenever I talk to anybody, they say how good he is and, and stuff like that. But then again, you don't really see that see that much in the game, at least not from this, the 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 playstyle that he puts into the team. So I'm not sure what exactly he brings to teams that people like to um, uh, like about him so much. At least the play the the, the people that play with him. Um, so I'm not sure about that. But I think Twist at least is 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 also a good first step. Uh,
0: so prof. Just from like strikers mentioning names here, for you, why do you think, other than results, like more gameplay related stuff, why do you think Fnatic should make a change? Like what is it about them that doesn't work in your opinion?
1: I don't, I'm not sure if the, I mean, there's obviously the in-game leading and just a general approach to the game, classic exist style of play. But at the same time, I feel like it's some weird individual form issues that are happening mean, even talking to jw at the minor before they went out obviously just saying how ah oh, they love to play with they love to play with each other as the classic like swedish style i like this guy he likes me he likes this guy so we can <laughs> we love to play together so that that side is working so they're not like in a, in a beef or something that happened a year ago with the whole flush a golden situation but players are simply playing at at different times, players are playing below their normal level. Like here at the minor, Crims was playing pretty poorly, while like the first three months of the year and last year he was insane. So now his form dips, just like as JW's goes up, and then Brolin doesn't really look that exciting. Then Twist is uh, absolutely not impressive most of the time. But the last game that they played, what was that? That was the crazy game, game you crazy know. Twist yeah. was top ranking; he was the best player there. So. Every, it, just for me, it seems like the team isn't isn't on the level that it has to be. I have no idea why, and I think those things only change with the roster change. Like you, you, don't really reinvent the team. They've been together since like late October, early November, something like that, when they brought in Broland. They had some good parts, and they have now. The last three months, two months, have been pretty pretty underwhelming, and I think you don't really bounce back from that. With some like magic potion or something, it it's most likely going to be solved by a roster change. Like that's the only only way people solve these kind of uh, roster issues. So also good knock,
2: get knock in there.
0: Yeah, you think well? Th- here's the so thing: there, though, right? there are
1: two options. Like you can either go Swedish or you could go international. That's also an option, well, yeah, I think. Of course.
0: I think though, from what I've heard from like Swedes in the past, they like value their style of communicating quite highly. I don't know um, if you guys ever listen to Swedish communication, but it's it's always very like monotone. Really simple. Yeah. It's yeah. Kind of, like they're not they don't get overly crazy. Like English communication, I think it's just the language. I think the language just fucks everything because all English teams come really badly compared to a lot of the European teams. When I listen to like just the amount of words spoken. Um, so maybe if they do that, they might lose some stuff communication-wise. Let's do this. Let's, if let's abolish every single Swedish team and every single Swedish player who's on in another team at the moment is free. Every single body from Sweden is free right now. We've had this discussion a couple of times. We actually probably talked about it a few months ago. Um, but let's go, let's do it again and let's see if things have changed over time. So every single player is at your disposal right now. Who is the team you're building Striker?
2: Okay. I mean, I'm going to start with Ras just because I think he's a big, he's a good baseline and like a middle point between young talent and, and like experienced player. He's been around for for long enough, and I feel like he can be better than he is now, at least consistency-wise, uh, if he has a better team around him. So I'm going to start with him. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sold about Plopsky at this point. I'm just looking at an IP and just like trying to figure out like which pieces from which team could could work together. I'm not. I'm not t- totally sold on Plopsky at this point because we just haven't seen enough from him at the at the top level. So it's kind of hard um, to see that. But I feel like Nip had to see something in him to, to to pick him up, right? Like they wouldn't have just picked up somebody just because. He's a youngster who just frags well, right? So, I mean,
1: I'm, NIP doesn't have the greatest track oh, well, record of picking up that's players. Like the fifth they had. Oh, Michael wasn't that bad, but obviously had to go then. Drake I mean, Crim's is, is out. A,
2: Crims is a pretty obvious one. So, okay, rest Crims. I'm going to wait about Plopski. Maybe I'll get there for like a fifth player or something. No, I'll let you
0: I'd throw a 6th on the end if you want, just so you can have a player yeah, sure. rate at the still,
2: I'd still keep on Brolin, because I think he has the potential. He's, I don't think he has the right role for himself in Fnatic though. I feel like he could um, work with a little bit more um, people for, um, playing for him, rather than the other way around, because I feel like at this point he's not in that, particularly in that role. Um, so crims, Brolin, Rez. Let's see. We have quite, pretty passive players at this point. So, we kind of need somebody, I guess Forrest is, a, is still a good, good like, um, like one of those experience, more, more experienced people. I would still believe in him being able to, to stay, like, around that top level, top 10 level form for them to actually improve and not just, like, shit the bad um, every now and again. So, I'm going to give him a chance as well. Who am I missing? I'm missing an in-game leader. That's the problem.
0: Classic problem.
2: That's the that's the that's the problem. So what do you
0: got? You got Hampus. You got fucking Golden. Golden.
2: You got exist. Exist. Uh, Potential.
0: If you want to say Flusher, you can say Flusher. I
2: don't like the flush idea because like he's been gone for a while now, and I don't. I, yeah, he's just like such an unknown quantity, especially as an in-game leader. Like we've here heard from him several times that he doesn't really want an in-game lead, and then he comes back to it. Then he, uh, I don't, uh, I don't believe in that prospect at all. I just fucking default to golden, honestly. Like it's yeah. just so hard to to get anybody else. So the team is so
0: shit. Res, Crims, Forest, Golden. Oh no,
2: I'm missing. I'm okay, instead of Plopsky, I'm gonna go with Knock because of the up. There
1: you go. So, okay, you have like seven players, literally. No, 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 named I don't. Crims, Res,
0: Knock,
2: Crims, Bruhlan, and Golden. Oh. Is that it? Golden. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah
0: it. Yeah, yeah. So you got rid of Forest. You added Knock.
2: Oh shit! So I, no, no, no! I didn't get rid of knock. I do got rid of Forrest. and I guess I get got rid of forest.
0: Okay, so there we got your team, prof. Yeah, I did. I
2: did say six people. Yeah, that's right. Noc. So
0: res, mm-hmm.
1: obvious, pretty good player overall. JW, aggressive player, been pl- playing pretty well since the last couple of months. Since seems as like the motivation back to play. Knock as the upper, obvious, but missing best potentially the best upper in in sweden i take brolin because i think as a youngster plays pretty well like didn't didn't choke too much or anything seems to have like a decent upward trajectory and then Flusha as in-game leader and my what was team it what is was like the, I
2: missed the second player i think res jw
1: knock GW, oh. brolin,
0: I'm okay.
2: surprised about J W.
0: And this is where I say fuck all the old people and this is the team. Cuz <laughs> right now like I'm I'm just saying rip the walls down and start again cuz I don't want these guys to continue limping through. I reckon we do this. Rez, Nork, Hampus, Brolin and Crims. Right? We've all have solutions here which could all be possibly good. I think all of them are better than the current though, teams. I understand. Well Crims is in there cuz Crims is still like I haven't he's checked still, his stats yeah, recently. He's still very very good. Crims does his job.
1: I'm I'm just worried about Crims after this. Like his whole emo tweets after this event have been pretty. No, he worried. has.
2: He's had those. He's had those I before. Need, and he's I never, need a break.
1: Really whatever the fuck. Like if he's if he's playing well, then like have him inside in the team definitely. But he's only twenty
0: five. You know, like yeah. even though it feels like he's been with I mean, us forever, he's only twenty five. Jw is twenty four. Yeah, but Olaf's twenty seven. You know, like and yeah, people are right. saying like, let's get Olaf. I'm, I, like the I forgot about Olaf train. Like I'm not. I'm not. The, I, I don't. Yeah. Know. I don't I agree with that.
1: Like, I think Olaf is someone who needs to prove himself again before we can start talking about him as a like any kind of a savior of the Swedish scene or whatever. He can come into a team and be like a good element to a team, but he's not going to be turning around the sinking ship by his own. That's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, fair enough. All right, so we, we've we all agreed that Swedish Counter-Strike needs a change. Big uh, one, too. Yeah, so... I think, because obviously the major for them, they're playing with all this this mess around stuff. Hopefully we see some changes after the major. Um, Whether we do, whether we don't, only time will tell. But we're going to move on to our top three, which is going to be the takeaways from the minor. So we're going to do a top three here, which will succinctly help us be able to explore uh, what we saw and what we enjoyed. It's going to be from three different perspectives. So uh, does anybody want to start this one? Anybody interested in in starting this one? If not, I can do it. Partially
1: okay why are we doing three different aren't indeed doing just like one top three oh well, well it's the, right. we're the here now so let's do this one.
0: let's pick let's let's do our top threes and then what we'll do is we'll be able to talk through why they were standout things to us right because we're going to have we're going to have a lot to cover with the with the miners anyway um and we're all going to have different takes on it so mine's going to be really quick i i was doing chicago when the first two miners were on so i didn't get a chance to watch yeah, a lot of it I, I had the a hard time scene. watching too Yeah, so mine are going to be more, unfortunately, around the two less interesting miners of the Asian minor and the CIS minor. Um, Okay. Number three. Number three. Takeaways from the minor. Number three. Um, MVP will never be a good team. Uh, That's number three. Number two. Fuck. I liked what I saw from Dream Eaters. And number one. It's not really a takeaway from the minor, but Jerry's my boy. And uh that's <laughs> my three. That's my three. Have you been you've been converted into a Jerry? What was just, what was the second one? I... The second one was uh the Dream Eaters was yeah, Dream, Dream Eaters Eater. were they they were I thought they were okay. Like I didn't think they were bad. Um but yeah, Jerry's interviews were were really good, right? Because Jerry, the, my boy Jerry. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck about the the camera, right? Like he was just speaking what he truly thought because the filter that we have when you probably think and talk in your native language is probably different from the filter when he's thinking in Russian and the words are coming out. He hasn't been able to filter them, right? He's just, he's so new to the language. Like, obviously he speaks it well for somebody who, you know, isn't a native English speaker, but that filter probably doesn't exist just yet. Anyway, we'll get into the deep stuff of it more later. Um, all right, Striker, we'll just go in, order the screen. What are your top three takeaways?
2: Oh, I know, order um, some of them, because I got two. I got crazy, um, crazy kind of delivering because I, I wasn't entirely sure. I knew that they were capable of it. I just wasn't sure that they would just because of of you know North and Fnatic being that mix. It was always kind of like a, a toss up on whether they were gonna be able to break through that. I'm it was kind with of them. a
1: gate. There were like two gatekeepers, Fnatic and North. And it's yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. beating both of them is a pretty big testament that this team can do pretty good damage. In best of threes, right? In the playoffs. It's not it's an important match. Nothing can be taken away from those uh from those games. Definitely I think that's also a pretty big one for me, just seeing them finally having like a big achievement. Like they have been so close for so long to doing something, and then every time they kind of fuck up, they fuck up the qualifier. For uh, for New York, right? They'll, they lose to G two in the final. Then they play the M D L. They go 17-0 Then they lose in the first round of the playoffs, so they can't even go for the third place decider. And that is after they like do a massive boot camp, go to Pack, then lose to lose in Pack to Ancient, which they had like a I don't know like a fourteen five lead on the second map, and then they lost whatever the fuck, something like that. So a lot, of, a lot of heartbreak for them, and then now they finally managed to get to the major. And they also, the last major, at the minor, they lost to Vitality and ends. That's, that's some, some kind of a bullshit when you think about what Vitality and ends are for the last six months. Like, you literally yeah. have to be the two top five teams, I mean, before they became top five, but they are on that tra- trajectory to become one, to get to the first stage of the, mo- of the major. That's, that's, that's tough, man.
2: You're giving me a lot of time with this. I actually, I managed to finish up my top three now. Thank you for, for the intermission. <laughs> I prof. have to. I have to. <laughs> Okay, so my second one is gonna be just CIS Counter-Strike will never be reasonable. Cause, like, we've we've seen this time and time again at CIS Midas. Like, they are just crazy and they're never gonna, I don't think they're ever gonna come back from that. Not, not locally. Like, we see, like, you know, teams like Na'Vi, you know, completely going in another direction and stuff like that. Just being very, Baseball and methodical none of the rest of the CS is that way and never go- going to be so that's my second one um, And then the first one is that um, Dick Stacy just wants to suck Moto's dick
0: Interesting takeaway. Uh, all right, and Prof what's your top three? No reason- uh...
2: okay, I'm gonna go reasonable. I'm just gonna swap that. I'm gonna go with Asian Asian CS is massively behind and they're probably not gonna catch up like in the next few years
0: they, they There's no way Asian Counter Strike can catch up until we get a new game. Yeah,
1: Probably it's not. pretty pretty. I've been doing actually some some research about like majors and stuff like that. Uh, I I have to go back and check, but the first Asian team that went to like a major, the top 16 of a major, was literally Tai Lu last year.
0: Yeah, face it. Yeah.
1: And then even talking about like the top like the first qualifiers for Asia were in 2015, like two and a half years into anything. And that were like teams that didn't even make it to the because of visa issues like Mongols and stuff like that. So when you think about it that way, they really are behind like two and a half years just from where we started. And when you take in all of the competition and all of the exposure that like European and NA teams have, it's it's very hard. But I don't know. It's, it's rough for them, definitely. Uh, my top top three. Okay. If, uh, if that is. Number one. The power from fours yep. is is insane. That guy that guy is, is legit.
0: Hold up, I just want to call someone out before you continue. Sam Royal 420. Listen to the Uh-oh. words coming out of the individual's mouth, mouths if you want to be in the podcast and you know have an opinion. Uh, we're talking about them making top eight at a major. You dumb fuck. Um, the first major a team from the region of Asia slash Oceania went to was actually uh, the second major ever. So shut the fuck up. You're wrong. Shut up. Anyway, sorry, prof. Uh, what are we? Th- what are we talking about? Uh, other, other, takeaways,
1: other takeaways. Other I, takeaways. I don't know. The NA one was pretty, pretty expected. I guess maybe United a bit underwhelming. Other than that, who is? Uh, Big was already dead. We knew that. Mouseports. I didn't think about the rest. What? What do we have? The Brazilian Asian. I have no idea. You covered most
2: of it. Like, I only saw see? two of the miners like very well. like I saw CS and Asia, but, I mean, the two miners. Uh, I didn't really the second, want to see.
1: second one is like North is still underwhelming for me. I think that's the that's second one. Uh, I can go into more details later. And uh, what else?
0: What else was good? Sorry, there was just some explosions outside. actual explosions, I think it was fireworks, but anyway, I'm here. Uh, Other than that,
1: I think, I don't know. Uh, I think the only other takeaway is that we still need to rework the way the miners work, just because I feel like it's still kind of bullshit to to certain regions in the way the the slots are are being distributed.
0: Yeah, I think, I think last time around Vici making sure North couldn't get there, uh, when that whole nonsense happened, um, that was like exciting because it's what we expected, but not having Fnatic, but having, um, some of these other teams kind of sucks a bit. I think a solution you could do for this would be, um, if you, if you have like the third place team from the Miners... All come and do their thing, but also Europe gets third and fourth place. Like, that's how much further ahead Europe is than everyone else, right? I think Europe should get yeah. third and fourth place. And then they play. I don't care how they work the format out, fucking work it out. But Europe should get opportunity for their <laughs> third and fourth place teams to both have an opportunity because is they're that coming from you. Yeah. I, I feel like, like I harder. heard some
2: like bangs and that sure was I where it's coming from. I, I can't oh, really okay. see. It's a bit It was just very. It was just very dull and I was thinking that was like downstairs in my house. I'm like, what the fuck is going on?
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's why I opened the blinds. I got a little bit worried. But um, so here's the top three. I can see you all voting. doesn't really matter. We're going to talk about all of these or most of these topics in depth anyway. Um, I think that we have a bit of an overlap with your first one, Striker, and my third one. Um, Because the same, I think the same thing. I I think yeah. Tyloo are the only only region, I think, who have enough resources and already have enough exposure to, to get enough um, experience under their belt. Like they, they already have enough experience that they should be able to uh, engineer something. Or they should be able to groom and get the best players. But from what I understand, excurate being kicked from Tyloo was not up to Tyloo. I mean, it wasn't up to the team. It wasn't up to Bente. It wasn't up to anybody. The organization just decided, ah, we're getting rid of him. This is the roster change we're going to make, as far as I'm aware. Um, so Tyloo, unless they just go out and groom and grab all of the best players and then try and make a project like that, they're never going to have the proper grasp of Counter-Strike. If you can't make it work with Jonter as your coach, obviously language barrier, to play modern CS, you're going to have a bit of an issue. Um, but yeah, I think Asian Counter-Strike is... Watching MVP, bro, MVP like ha- looks like they've copied someone's homework. Like, they... <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Are we being bombed? Anyway, fuck it. Um, I I think MVP playing Counter-Strike, right? Like, I can see that like, Zeta, he's got an idea of what to do. Zion, he sometimes knows what to do. But the rest of them look like they're following, like, a recipe, but they don't understand what they're making. Like, they're not even hungry, right? They, they don't even need to eat, but they're out here trying to... They're in the kitchen, and they're trying to make something work. These guys, right? Here's the thing. For you guys who don't understand, in Korea, you play StarCraft, you play Overwatch, you play League of Legends, and for some reason, they like fucking PUBG. But you know what you don't play? You don't play fucking Counter-Strike. So culturally speaking, Counter-Strike is not a game that they have the mentality of cutthroat, like kill everybody, like that kind of thing. That's why hearing the Koreans yell, I was talking to Smix, Sue, she's Korean, she's a Korean-American. Um, and she was like, yeah, these guys yelling, that's so like out of character for Koreans. That's They don't do that. <laughs> so... I don't think that Korean CS will ever have the people who have the right mentality to play it because you need to be a cunt to play Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike is Great. about... Counter-Strike is the jocks game, right? Counter-Strike is the, is the the esport where we talk shit, like Call of Duty do it, but they're playing with consoles, so whatever. But where, like, the game, which everybody wants to wants to watch because of how like exciting it is after every round of the reactions. Like if you think about the way that INTZ one uh, reacted after they won that 15 four comeback about dream eaters, that was fucking sick. Yeah. That's the stuff that I love, man. Um, so yeah, I think Asian counter-strike is a little bit fucky. Uh, what else? Did anyone else have a point they wanted to discuss a little bit more?
1: Uh, I just, I agree with the MVP thing. Like they've been just pretty hyped for a pretty long while from these, uh, Hipster analysts, I could call them, just like people that like to be of a different opinion on Twitter and stuff like that. I, I'm probably one of them
0: most most of the time, but I think they not have good strats. I think they have good strats and they have good understanding of certain things, like nuke. They have good strats and they have good rotations, but they don't have a good understanding. What the fuck is going on in my house? I swear to God, if I have to go here-
2: you, you, The sounds coming from you keep like confusing me so hard.
0: <laughs> like I've got- Some gotten, yelling and some bangs. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: But yeah. well, the yelling would have been Alex. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Anyway, um, yeah, I, look, I think that they have ideas that are good, they just don't have good execution. Dream is one, I guess we could have the tie in there with uh, XC Power, him on the AWP. He is um, an interesting character. If you've read his interview, with if you read the dream in this interview with jerry uh, i think he makes mention of something I mean, in the forest
1: the four's interview
0: yeah is I, that I where mentioned. he makes mention of like having to to tell jerry like manage his ego is basically the way that i i read it right having to uh to manage his ego because he will overestimate i forget the exact wording his contribution to a win or something like that okay <laughs> yeah, right. like i forget the wording but like the, I, I thought that from somebody like as young as jerry like, I think, like, that is such a cool mindset to have. Like, to think, oh, I need to, you know, manage this guy's expectations of what... Because they have, they have really good... They have a very good understanding of how to play with each other. Dream, uh, not Dream Eaters. Fours, I think. Like, yeah. in my opinion, watching them. They, like, have a legit style of Counter-Strike. And I thought they were pretty, like, pretty good to watch. I, I was I was very surprised. Same with Dream Eaters. But Dream Eaters... Had, surprise <laughs> If they if they lost that series, I would have probably cried for them. That was that I was mean that cool. was yeah. rough.
2: Yeah, that's true. But they were they were a big surprise to me. It's not like they play particularly legit or anything. It was just I didn't think they had even an outside chance to make that top two. Um it's the dead, like, so.
1: That that week when I wasn't on the show and one week, three, four months ago, I was casting like a tier four online online CS League. And teams like Simon and Dream Eaters were there. So I watched a lot of these CIS teams. And you can see that out of all of them, Dream Eaters are the only team that plays something that looks like Counter Strike. And the (laughs) other teams are like doing, just doing some stuff. Like they're doing stuff. Like someone's throwing a Molly, someone's running through the Molly, some, whatever, you know. (laughs) Dream Eaters are playing like some decent stuff. But at the same time, they don't have like a very good individual player. Like Simon have Ramzik, who's pretty insane. He's like a pretty good individual player. Dream Eaters just have like a decent understanding of CS and then sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. So I, I kind of expected them to maybe be able to do something, but beating Spirit was not not what I expected, like that was the... Spirit that was, was a big, shit. Yeah. For that's, the
0: players, that was very yeah that's,
2: that's actually true, you actually completely forgot about Spirit then.
0: Just for those people who aren't aware, I should know the Spirit roster off by heart, I was trying to just I, search I, it. It's dispel- Choppa... And- yeah, I just balanced Someday Chopper, Somdai Young. You've got fucking. Sotvic. Uh, yeah, and Goldie. And Coldie. And Coldie, yeah. And they they look like they were pretending. And Chopper, like they look by like the imposters. Way, since Recently. Yeah. <laughs> they look like, oh, this is what we're meant to do, so let's try and do it. But like it just didn't, doesn't work. Because if you remember Vega Squadron, like when Chopper was on the team, they would have rounds where two people are rushing B apps on Mirage. Choppers getting ready to limp out of apps. They've got a guy orping middle on his own with no smokes, and then they have a guy like baiting a ramp, and then they'd win those rounds. And you'd be like, "Oh, okay." And then you watch this team, and I just, I just didn't quite understand what was going on. But anyway, um, are we are we done with the miners? We we good with it? We uh... feeling good. Uh, what do we have? Yeah, not I guess so North. Much. I guess North. We had a bit of a discussion in Discord about it the other day. Also, no
2: chance. No chance. Were a surprise to me. They, they, they did a lot better than I would have thought.
0: I didn't see the stats for them. How did Thomas play? Because he's one that interests me as an individual. I think. I think. I, that he, it was like Zen,
1: and then, then Sticko. Okay. Thomas had like one, one or two shit, shit maps, uh, and then the rest, something like that. That was I... like mega carrying that vertical game. He destroyed like thirty ten on vertical game. He's finished, finish, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's, he's
0: the ex penta player. Curious with names like his and um, fucking Sunny floating around, right? And they're able to do that kind of stuff. There's obviously a reason they're not in eds. We know that, but like, there's there some curious. A crystal is, is always there. Like, I think this is like crystal's perpetual hell, right? Is the fact that this is going to be like the level. I'm not saying these guys aren't good because they, they've done a good job as a team to bring this project together. But, you know, as soon as there's a chance for something else, you know who's getting the fucking chop first, unfortunately. That's the thing. <laughs> like, this, this is the best the crystal can step. be.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Literally, if yeah. they go further, if they break into the top 30, that is bad for crystal because he's just going to get kicked. That's that's the it happens every time like they're gonna get snappy or some shit I don't know and so for crystal is best to like chill around like top forty at least he has a team I'm joking like this sucks because he doesn't even have a fucking salary so he has to coach big's academy team to
0: get something right yeah it's wild it's, a rough it's
2: situation wild for
0: sure people might want us to talk a bit about north um. So just, I yeah, they just seem underwhelming, don't they?
2: I don't I still don't like the fact that all vale is in game leading. It's not only because um because of his performance, because I feel like Kirby has at least from what I saw has been doing a pretty good job like kind of making up for him. Um at least in what I saw. I I haven't actually looked through all the tournaments that they played lately, especially the minor because uh, yeah, I was in Chicago as well. Uh, but, um but Generally, not because of that, but just because their T sides have not been looking good. Prop you, you definitely mentioned this a couple of times from, from watching them.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are some points that where some things look better, then after that, you look at them and they're doing like this, this game against MVP, one anti eco tilted me so much. Like, five, they lose one player, okay, that happens in an anti eco. So they're, now they're 4v5, Inferno T side. And what they do is, like, they're lingering towards Banana, then three of them pull back and one guy... Meanwhile, actually, one guy, while well, four are Banana, three are Banana. Kirby just walks out of apps on his own with a rifle and gets, like, double-dinked by a USP that's from an angle that he's not looking at even. So it's, like, literally a free kill. So, the, so now they have 3v5. And now the two guys from Banana go towards mid and a guy goes solo into the B-bomb site, where two players are in a crossfire. But somehow, MVP literally counter that by playing super yeah, stupid themselves this. and lose the, lose the round. And it was like and it 10 seconds left when two players are like rapping towards the bomb site. It, it was an absolute mess around, but they still won because MVP is uh, whatever. I don't know what they were doing.
0: Yeah, I, I remember, and and there's a lot of scenarios. Maybe they're not giving 100% because they're versing MVP, which I can understand. But maybe this could be a theory when MSL was in-game leader for these players for such a long period of time I really think that he would have been the type of in-game leader that would have told everybody what to do all the time Um, I mean he was like that that is I think that's a fact yeah so the decision making that these players probably once have had is now gone I think that they are probably just sitting there waiting for Volder to make a call um, no one, looking at those players, none of them really seem like they would vocally step up too much within the team. I think if I, I was, were to pick, I'd say Gade would be the, the next in, in line to actually offer up a suggestion.
2: It was just, I'm going to bring up an interesting talk that I had with Snappy at ESG Tour, which was a while back now, it's a year and a half ago, um, in Mykonos. Which was basically that at the time he was he was obviously still with Heroic as was, as was Yuki. At the time, he was trying to get Yugi to to have more of a voice and just like tell people what to do when he's like taking different angles. Like basically, like whenever he's changing positions between rounds, like he's gonna tell the guy who's ta- who he's taking over for where to go and what to do. Basically, like, he wanted he wanted Yugi to kind of order people around based on how he's opting, Right. But it's kind of surprising that he hasn't really grown into that role. At least like from from what you're saying, I I haven't had the chance to. Um, to um, sit behind them or anything lately, so I'm, I can't be sure about like the the communication between them. And obviously, I don't understand Danish anyway, so it would have been hard for me to to gauge. But still, it's um, that's that's one thing that um, I was expecting Yugi like to to have that next step after that that, that talk with toppy, and I guess that that hasn't happened.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we'll move off this topic because. Uh... We could go all night talking about things through the Miners, but this is one that was on the front page of Reddit recently. We're going to be talking about the prize pools, and we can all thank uh, Mr. Doc to Disrespect for uh, his comments. I didn't even listen to what he said, but somebody told me the sentiment basically was that, obviously, this Fortnite event happened, $30 million, all this kind of stuff, um, but that Counter-Strike should have events of this grandeur. Before we get too far, because this is a multi-layered <laughs> topic, um, Fortnite is probably the biggest game in the world Um, it's probably generated more money than what the majority of other titles ever have I don't know I'm spouting out of my ass I have no idea but that game just seems like it's that big of a phenomenon Um, it's not an esport it's actually fuck it let's try that again it's not a competitive (laughs) esport it might be an esport it might be a video game that people play professionally but it's not a competitive pursuit of a video game with consistency of results. Now, Fortnite players would probably argue with me. And they'd say, no, but I can win all these games. You know, da, da, da. the game doesn't even have modes that you could even say are close to the semblance of anything that a Counter-Strike game, a Dota game, a League of Legends game, a StarCraft game, anything that people consider to be the upper echelon of, of titles. And the reason that these games last the test of time is because it's basically grown from the ground up League of legends is a clone of dota dota was a mod on fucking you know warcraft Warcraft 3 3. so this was built by the community starcraft was shaped heavily by uh asia like by, by by korea and and the way that they wanted to play the game in the early days that was kind of just done by Korea. Korea are the ones who put on the whole fanfare for StarCraft, right? They did all that. They're, all those crazy productions was was Korea. Had nothing to do with, um, you know- Blazer, right? Yeah. So well, actually, I don't know if that's factually correct, so someone checked that anyway. Um, but Counter-Strike, a mod as well, but it's been around forever. All these things, when you think about them, have have grown from the love of them. Fortnite, as much as, I'm, I'll be honest I've played Fortnite, I don't mind it. It's a fun game. Um, it's a, it is a fun game. I enjoy playing Fortnite. It's, 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 I haven't played it in a while, but when I used to play it, it was, it was a bit of fun. Um, I just don't think it ever can be put on the same pedestal as a Counter-Strike, as a StarCraft. Maybe if it lasts for 20 years and they make it competitive and viewable and we don't have 40 people left in the last circle and it's fucking moving and people are going it's through all this rift portal.
2: hard to watch, right? Yeah,
0: like if, if we had uh, games that, you know, if it eventually shakes its way out and it's cool, that's great. That's good for everybody. It's, it's, it's more exposure. It's all this stuff. This is fantastic. But this nature of thinking like Counter-Strike needs a $30 million prize pool, like what TI has with Dota and all that kind of stuff, you guys don't understand what that issue has actually caused within the Dota scene, you know? Maybe, uh, this has been several years for them trying to juggle with their format to get it back to something so teams actually attend other events other than the international, right? A lot of stuff has had to change within the Dota world. There are people who genuinely think, like Dota players, who think that um, the Counter-Strike format is better. Like, that, that's like people who play and work in Dota think that the Counter-Strike format of Majors is better. Like Those kind of things you guys need to keep in mind here. Now, I don't want prize money. Oh, and here's one last thing. Counter-Strike players, as far as I'm aware and what I've been told, earn more money as a salary than what most other esports players do. Especially of like counterparts of I were compare to Dota. So these are all factors you guys have to consider. Anyway... Someone steer this conversation because I lost I, my fucking track.
2: Just One thing um, I have one question, right? How does bigger price? How does a bigger price pool help us? In what way?
0: It just gives us more mainstream media exposure. Which exactly, I don't give that's a. That's what I'm about. saying. That's
2: what I'm saying. Like the, how does that? Why does that make things more exciting?
0: There is there
2: is one thing
0: why
1: I'm. I also tweeted in a reply to someone on Twitter. The only reason why I'm kind of. I also like agree with most of what what Sponge said. It's like it's a game, it's okay. It's an esport because it's a competitive game, but that is it an really does it have the scene, does it have a circuit as a competitive title as a football does or something? I don't think that is there yet. Maybe it can be, whatever. But I think the game just is too random to be very exciting as a competitive competitive title. So the issue is with all of this money, all of these kids Obviously, loving Fortnite because it's a very accessible game. The only mo- like the negative part is that people will be playing, like kids will be playing Fortnite instead of playing CS. So, we won't have these like young prodigies coming into CS, they'll be playing Fortnite. Because some of these guys, just watching them, you can see that they're like mechanically they're skilled, they could obviously bring that into CS. And then the whole other thing about the mentality and the understanding of the game maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But some of these players. Will never play CS. They just won't. So that that's the reason why I think it's it's not imp- important, but it is a thing that it impacts CS as a game, right? Not having these huge prize pools.
0: Yeah. Striker, you got you got anything here from your perspective?
2: Not, not particularly. Just the just that the idea of of, of crowdfunding for prize pools doesn't really help the scene in in any way. Basically, I'm like, sure it helps the helps the players in maybe like brings some level of excitement like more uh, more excitement to some people knowing that this grand final is for 20 million dollars or whatever um i can understand how that brings a a certain level of excitement to to some people doesn't particularly work for me but i can understand how how it does for other people Uh, but in general how does it helps the scene in no way it's just like putting the players uh, putting the all the money the big money into the pockets of, of players which obviously like they've earned to, to earn a lot of money. They've earned to have that amount of money, or, uh, or a, a big amount of money anyway, because they're sacrificing a lot. They're putting a lot of time into this game and, and just like sacrificing personal lives for it. This is not like a t- typical nine to five job. Like They obviously have to travel shitloads, So obviously they have to be paid very well. Like that's, that's, that's beyond the point, especially considering how long their careers um, will probably be. Very few people will make it over like a decade or anything. Um, so with that it also kind of makes sense that they they should earn a lot but beyond that like obviously like if you earn whatever like a five million dollars off one tournament per player like that's all the money you need for the rest of your life and more basically yeah like unless you're you're crazy and you're just gonna smash out on, on stupid shit like that you're you're gonna live off that money for the rest of your life off one tournament so how does that okay that's a little bit too much to the in, in my eyes and Obviously, like from that point on, they can just end their careers, and that's not good for the game. Well, so for for the for the wealth to be a little bit better distributed, it makes a lot more sense, and it just doesn't really help the scene um, in any tangible way. It doesn't help the product unless there's more money in in the back end as well.
0: You're, you're right. It doesn't it doesn't help the product, and I think you know that tweet from ESPN the other day that compared this kid's winnings to like Djokovic's and fucking yeah. Tiger Woods and all that kind of shit. That right there is such like an unfair comparison. Like we have, when I say we, I mean our generation of entertainment lovers who love video games being streamed on the internet, on any platform, um, on any medium of any game. We, this is, we're, we're going to end up one day in retirement homes and we're all gonna be playing video games. That's just the way it's gonna be. Like our parents and stuff, they're not there yet. But this is our generation. That's the reality of us when we get old. We will just have retirement homes that are land centers and we just sit there and we play video games all day. But the generation of people who are looking from the top now down are like ages of my parents or, you know, they're like the 50, 60-year-olds of the world. They aren't from the gaming culture. Traditional sports have been around for a long time, so they're used to that, right? So the amount of money and things that you'd spend on those sports is going to be much higher. Esports stuff just looks super inflated, right? And that's the scary thing. Now, I think that uh, we had... We, we went into a shoe store and we bought some shoes and we bought our shoes that were way too big. And we've been wearing those way too big shoes for a while. And now we've finally grown into our shoes. I think the salaries that people were earning was like well and truly way above where it just got super inflated super quickly, right? You have to think about that explosion of money. It went from when I started playing professionally back in 2000. Sorry, I started playing professionally back in 2008 in Source, in the CGS. I got paid two and a half thousand US dollars a month. When I started playing CSGO professionally for Renegades, I got paid two and a half thousand US dollars a month. All right? Let me give you that's a that's a long window of time. Within the span of when I started getting paid in CSGO, and probably six months to a year after that, that's when people are already getting paid twelve thousand, fourteen thousand US dollars a month. That's how quickly that grew. Just understand that. That is such a fucking crazy jump from those two things. And the prize money argument, the players, right? can play in tournaments for $250,000, what, like 20 times a year? There's so many tournaments where the prize money is that or more a year, it's fucking absurd. Uh, Things that like hurt us and and don't allow us to have that is there's no system, there's no structure, right? If we had less events, well then we could have more prize money. But we have an event almost every weekend. So our prize money is spread out over more events as opposed to just one off event. How many Fortnite events are you guys seeing? Well, that's what I thought one a year. <laughs> exactly. And it's
1: so, like the whole event lasted five hours, like six games. It's like, it's more or less when you get to there, obviously there's a skill factor, but the game as it is, it's kind of a lottery. That's, that's literally, it's kind of bullshit, obviously. Like if you wanted that in CS, have like, equivalent of that would be like a 128 team tournament, best of one all the way, single elimination, random map. And that's
0: it. Yeah, and we'll give the winner $40 million. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. So I I think the thing is, we haven't scaled very well in Counter-Strike. We've been like on a very, very slow increase and then we fucking exploded and now we're plateauing, right? If if you're like ESL have have given away $2 million from the Intel Grand Slam in the last eight months or nine months, I forget what month. Something like that. That's a lot of money to give out in a short period of time. That's a lot of money, guys. Like I had this discussion with Pimp recently, actually. And, and I, I think that prize money's that prize money's holy shit. I think the prize money will be more. <laughs> but I think where we're at right now, what's the need? If if people are like, oh, we can crowdfund, we can do this, we can do that. That's cool. I get it. You want to give back to players. Why don't instead of crowdfunding, why don't we do something for, like we already have stickers. That's the one way that you can fund the teams, right? That's, that's what Valve's thing is. Hey, you support this team. You can physically support them. You can support every single player in that entire tournament if you want. Buy their fucking sticker. That's what you could do. Not off the market when the stickers roll around. You can crowdfund money for the players. You want to crowdfund more money for Liquid? Is that what you guys want to do? You want to give some more money to Liquid right now? Or you want to give some more money to Astralis that 95% of you people in the community, or at least the vocal community, are hating on now for some unknown reason? Is that what you guys want to do? Because you're just going to change the disparity of wealth, right? If you want to support people for giving up their lives, you can buy the stickers. No one's stopping you from doing that. I think that this will scale. Prize money will scale. But is it stagnant? Like, really think about that. Really think about Intel Grand Slam, what that's offered up, how prize? Aren't StarLadder doing like $500,000 tournaments? Like, isn't that what Shanghai was? No one even talked about the prize money. Even the best teams didn't even go. Like, what are we talking about here? It's it's It's, it's got... Like, if, if StarLadder are putting on a, a tournament with some of the most prize money that we see, WSG rolls around every year. How many teams who have five members from their core fucking nation don't sign up for that shit? So... You guys have to really out there who are having this discussion about prize money, use your fucking noggin, turn your brain on, think about things objectively. Don't just you know jump up and down because the major isn't crowdfunded. Valve by doing the major have given us this entire ecosystem, right? They have given us this. This this, They didn't have to do this. They don't have to give any money, but they have. And I think that we'll continue to grow, but we'll grow when we're ready. And right now things are fine. Players get paid a lot of money. Players get a holiday that's longer than what most. Do you know? In my country, you get four weeks off a year. The players are having a four-week uh, player break right now. They get a two-week break over Christmas. That's six weeks. They already get more break time than what anybody working a job in Australia of a nine-to-five full-time job gets. Right? We get sick days. We get this. I mean, we get they're, that.
2: they're also they're also gone from home for a lot more than yeah. than, than, than sure. the normal pay normal paying job, obviously.
0: Yeah, that obviously, they don't get their weekends, all that kind of stuff. I think you could you can bring yeah. all those things. But not every single team is attending every single event, right? Sure. Um, I think the only teams who really make a, a huge sacrifice to their personal lives are the ones on the circuit consistently or the ones like Renegades, MIBR, who have literally moved out of their own country sure. like and live somewhere else. I don't think people... I was talking to Gomez about this, and I was like, how, how is it in the US? He's like, well, we don't really live anywhere because we're on the circuit. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Like you don't, (laughs) you go home for two days and you go to the next place. So I I don't think that there's, there's. look, I would, if prize money went up, then fuck my rates better go up too because that's all I'm saying. So yeah, fuck it. Prize money, let's put it up and I'll charge more. That's what we need. And we, everyone can make more money. But realistically for the ecosystem of Counter-Strike, I think we're in a good place. I think we're gonna continue to move forward when we need to. Um, And I don't don't see the need to have the Dota International um, type style. And I know a lot of people think you do, but what that does is that devalues the rest of your events in the entirety of the calendar So I'm gonna,
2: I'm just gonna put one number out there right Just over the 200,000 200, events in 2018 um, the, the organizers gave out 11 million dollars plus the Grand Slam I actually forgot about the Grand Slam so add just make it 12 so basically they give out a million dollars every month do you, you actually think and that's basically for like the top team how would you, how'd you get that? Number? I just uh, I just added it up from our our events. Uh, like two hundred fifty, two hundred thousand, two two hundred thousand uh, plus. Okay. From all those, we gave out eleven million plus Grand Slam, which is just derivative from that, obviously. So twelve million dollars in 2018, considering Australia won the Grand Slam. So that's one million dollars every month, and that basically is just for the top, for the top 10, 15 teams, whatever that that consistently go to these and, events that that offer up two hundred thousand.
1: Like, Ten DreamHack opens at like yeah, yeah, I said, a bunch yeah, of other four smaller hundred hundred fifty thousand dollar like the Malta event and stuff like that.
2: I added up like the the rest of the international ones too, like the, and that adds up to another four four something million, almost five million I think it was when I added it up. So that's seventeen million dollars for like maybe the top fifty teams, people the teams that play internationally, um, basically. So maybe like a 50, 60 teams. Obviously, it's more, but just consistently, it's probably about fifty. So that's quite a lot. Well, that destroys the
1: whole argument that CS is shit and Fortnite has so much more money. But Fortnite is giving out like hundred million in a year, but like fifty million of that is for, like streamer competitions and stuff like that. So. Can,
0: can I just explain to everybody at home why this is um, scary? Because when we talk about Fortnite, we talk about the developer Epic Games fronting the prize money. When we talk about Counter-Strike as a yeah. whole, we talk about a bunch of different independent tournament organizers with sales departments who are out there doing the absolute best they can to sell a product with the word terrorist in it to all these different endemic, <laughs> non-endemic sponsors to make enough money to run quality events, to fly six or seven individuals of 16 different teams in some cases across the world and house them in a minimum of four star hotels, feed them three meals a day and make sure that their every single need is completely looked after, right? That is what a TO is doing. That is what they're doing, right?
1: For seven days, not one day like the Fortnite World Cup and also (laughs) having practice rooms and also having all the shit that people need to play like Fortnite on their PCs before a match. So so They can
2: play it on their phones. <laughs>
0: um, we have someone in the chat who is adamant that Valve should just, you know, add a compendium. I I feel that you Adam. don't completely grasp the concept here of what will happen. What happened in Dota for a long period of time and they've only just gotten back with this D P C thing so you can earn points to go to the international, all that shit, is that the only event that anybody cared about was the international because it had the most money, which devalued every other event. What does that do? That scorns all the other tournament organizers who keep the ecosystem alive right? So you use your little brain here. Think a little bit further. If Valve raised the prize money of the majors, let's say that they made it something absurd. Let's say that they just came out tomorrow and they made it $10 million. Okay. Every single other event has now just been completely and utterly devalued. And if they are to do that and raise the prize money of majors, they're going to raise everybody else's expectations. Let me give you that isn't bullshit, that's another opinion, bro. That's the thing, you can have an opinion, but I have a good feeling that I know more about the industry than you. I just have a little inkling of a feeling that I know a little bit more about the way that the industry of Counter-Strike and the back end and tournament organizers work than you. If Valve do that, then Valve should run their own event, right? Valve should run their own event because you're gonna raise the bar of these fucking uh, TOs to something that they can't get to. Epicenter came in with their money laundering money and they raised the bar originally by giving all the players practice rooms in the hotel. Allegedly, right? for
2: legal reasons, allegedly.
0: Allegedly, allegedly, of course. I just use that as a joke. But they came in and they did that. And you know what they did? That put so much pressure financially on all the TOs because now what do you need? Now you need an extra room for every single team, okay? 16, Times one, doesn't seem like a lot. Do you guys know how much it costs in a four-star hotel to rent out a hotel room for seven days and then fully refurbish it and make sure that the internet is good enough for them to be able to practice for? Like, I don't know if you guys have any concept of money. Like this shit just doesn't grow on trees. This shit just doesn't come out of their ass. This is money that they physically have to fund. You know what I mean? And strikers getting trolled by someone in his room. But, uh, you know,
2: nowadays, there's there's a mosquito or something.
0: uh, But this this kind of money, right, has to has to come from somewhere. And we need to gradually grow that if Valve come in, and they go, Okay, well, we're going to make the major $2 million, that probably doesn't have the same impact. But list me right now, five tournament organizers, right, who you think could have enough money to even stay on par or close to that, because I can't even name two, right? I can't even give you two, I can give you one to who could probably master it and probably has enough backbone and enough connections in the industry and has been here long enough that they can do it. But I, I, can't, I can't give you any more than that. So unfortunately, unless we want Valve to run everything, which they're never going to do, that's their handoff method with Counter-Strike. That's how they do this. We need to grow slowly. We can't just go, they, wasn't that only when was the first major that was uh, a million? Uh, e. Was that E-League? E-League. Yeah. So the Atlanta major. I think, so Columbus, 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 one. 2016. Oh, Columbus 2016. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. the first sorry. Yeah, first NA major. OK, so it's oh, been yeah, some right. time, really right. right? So now the question yeah. becomes, well, if we raise the prize money more now, are we on the view for a new game? Is there a new Counter-Strike in the works? This is like a whole bunch of questions like that, right? Why would anybody list MLG? Why would Valve allow the company who has video games that are literally being made or made to be FPS rivals, why would Valve allow the rival company, now owned by Activision, to run any of their events? In what world do you people who say those things actually think that MLG will ever be given a Valve major? Let me just explain that to you. I think
2: they just don't understand that they're owned They're owned by that company.
0: Yeah. Amazon don't even sell Google fucking, what are they called, Chromecasts, because it's owned by one of their fucking rivals they don't even sell them that's this is business ladies and gentlemen boys and girls unfortunately right this this it we just it's just it's a rough place to live e league i had a, my whole spiel on e league last time guys e league is the same yeah. thing e league doesn't run tournaments cuz they don't make money why do you think they're going to front money you think e league want to put up money just to not get any money in return they don't get any money from counter strike they hemorrhage money this is it's just this this thing here right is that if we, if we rock and roll, we can probably use a little bit more prize money, right? I'm not going to argue that. Everyone likes more money. But I think we just need to do it gradually. We just need to go gradually, guys. Let's just go gradually. baby steps.
2: I'm just going to add one more thing to it, um, and that's just my opinion, which is that I do think that the majors should be better than anything else prize money-wise because that has obviously not been the case. There, there has been multiple tournaments that have either overcome it, which is WSG. Of course, that's competition-wise, that's and viewership-wise, that, that doesn't doesn't even come close. But still, the prize money is bigger, and then Pro League stuff like Pro League or ECS and stuff like that is obviously coming close to, to the majors. So having the majors bump up a little bit, maybe like to two million, nothing crazy, just to to make it obvious that that's the biggest thing that we have in in CS would not hurt at all. Like if we made it to a, like up to three million, let's say, which is just not not a massive amount, it would be 6 million over the course of the year. I said we had 12 million in the other tournaments in the, all the other tournaments. So that's just half of, of what everybody else makes up. I feel like that's um, that's pretty reasonable. I think that
1: the only thing I want to add on the whole thing is it, in my opinion, it C S could make more money from the CS players, CS community overall, uh, as is, as it is now, the only thing is like skins. You have skins, you have stickers. What else? That's that's the whole thing, right? There's there's nothing else that makes money for CS at the moment. And obviously the prime thing, whatever, that's five euros, not nothing, nothing much. So getting some more venues of making money in uh, into CS m- make it. Like one of the things that just crossed my mind is imagine if you could watch a tournament, if you could buy like a premium pass to a tournament to, let's say, ESL1 Cologne, so you can watch the GoTV in the game. So you have like the the major like feeling in the game. You have the GoTV, you can click around, you can watch everything. You pay like five euros for a tournament. And like the tournament organizer makes money off of that. Like some stuff like that, I think is something that we can look to valve and say okay we we need to leverage the viewership that we have and the people that play the game to just make the scene a bit better that's that's the thing the reasonable way we can direct the whole Fortnite has 30 million
0: why am i not mega rich sure yeah 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 I think I think it's it's a it's a difficult one to balance. And at the end of the day, I hope that we I hope that we grow into something where uh, no one is even really talking about the money because the mo- the money is a gimmick. The only reason that Fortnite was the ASPN tweeted out a thing is because of the money. It's not because of the game. Yeah. It's because of the money. And I would love it eventually if Counter Strike continues to grow and we get to a point. I don't want us to end up in the news because we have a lot of money. I want us to end up in the news because Counter Strike is a game watched by millions of people around the world and. Uh, we want to see who the best team is and it, like I don't know I've had this discussion multiple times before on this podcast and I still don't remember even though I've had Lucas pull it up multiple times I don't know how much money you win if you win the Premier League nor do I care I just know if you win the Premier League you're the best team in the Premier League that's all I care about right and for those who aren't aware I'm talking about football um, but that's what you want to get to you want to get to a level of prestige with your sport um, and then with that the the game itself is is self-sufficient like I don't know how much you win for for getting for winning the, the Rugby World Cup. I don't know any of those things. Um, we want it to be built around just being the best and that's the difference between competition and earning shitloads of money um, and just just one more thing obviously I'm being trolled by this this person. I spoke to people who work on dota about the their system and they said that they some of them previously it's a while ago now it's like a year and a half ago. Um, so that they would prefer to have uh, they'd prefer to have the the Counter Strike system as opposed to their system, which at the time it's changed, Chops and changed a lot. But they didn't like the way it was working. It meant that it was hard for teams to feed in, or other teams didn't care because if you got straight back into Ant- international, that's all that mattered, right? Um, that's ca- imagine this guys. Imagine if we had a TI for Counter Strike and Liquid and Astralis, Liquid, Astralis, Navi, and Vitality only ever played in the TI every year. I don't know if that was the case with, with Dota, but I'm saying that could be the possibility. So, anyway. It's all good. Anyway, this person is going to continue to argue with me and I'm really not in the mood. Let's fucking do this last question.
2: Do not feed the troll.
0: Let's this last question. Uh, Who won, Lucas?
2: I think pretty sure it was the second one, the...
0: yeah, which one What, what was the, the major rule change?
2: Major rule change. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um. So the major rule change. Which one were we talking about exactly? Because I had as uh, Well, just we uh, the
2: just the reversion of the 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 roster stuff, right? That's what you had in Minecraft. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, that was the that was the big news, right? With Hellraiser's then I mean, tying in the whole Hellraiser's playing with Nuki. Uh, actually signing MIBR up. being
2: allowed to swap in Zeus.
1: MIBR swapping in Zeus and Freeman coming in for Tyloo. That is also a thing that happened. Oh, uh, right. One of the things that, first of all, the most important part is that even before this rule change was announced, uh, Freeman was uh, sign, uh, signed up for Tyloo and Nuki was signed up for Hellraiser. Obviously, implying that these guys were set on using them, even though the rule was they needed a medical emergency. To swap someone out, so or like a visa issue, and obviously uh, making a visa issue up is—I mean, it's—it's it's the easiest thing in the world. You just will just put in the visa application too late, and you don't have a visa. Wow! Now your coach needs to play GG boys. So the whole thing was kind of a rule that was very easily avoided. I feel like so the the thing that they pulled it back, I think it's shit. I think it's bad to do something like that halfway through the whole thing because obviously. Some other teams that didn't want to break the rules or fuck around with some things could have done the same thing. But in the end, I don't think it matters that much. I think it's obvious that teams like Hellraisers don't care about anything but themselves, and they are willing to risk their reputation to have a place at the Major. Seeing how their team is at the moment, I think it's a valuable risk because they probably, not probably, they surely would not make the Major. So they're willing to take the the bad rep, but I think they need to suffer from the community because of it. I don't know, at least me personally, I was, I was kind of a fond of them as a team, kind of putting that, they're going in a different direction right now. Just, I, I don't know, we, there's nothing that we can punish them with, with as, as a tournament organizer or anything, but it's definitely not a cool move. And yeah, I don't know, what, what can be done is something really needs to change moving forward obviously because people continue to do this because the major is so hard to qualify for
0: it it might have to be um the player union taking a hard stance on this right uh which i don't know how much faith we can put in them to get something like this done uh, because they're all very busy and they all have their own agendas and this might actually help one of them in the future but in terms of the way that we look at it uh it, it it's kind of against the rule the spirit of the rule or the spirit of what we're looking for here i hate the fact that mibr have to go in and play yet another major what is this the third major they've had to play with a stand-in like what are we they had, they had mm-hmm.
1: bolts bolts when they play oh, phelps They has bolts at one they had zoo not Zeus. they had uh, Fox, and they have now Zeus. So,
0: yeah, yeah. and that's three, we're talking about the biggest event in the world, where we want more prize money, but the rules aren't even in line with having the most competitive Counter-Strike. So, you know, what the fuck are we even talking about here? Um, this one here was uh, was kind of a nothing topic. Unfortunately, there wasn't a lot to go over. It's bad, and it shouldn't be that way, but this is what we got. You got anything, striker?
2: I think there's also one other way, at least, like, sure, the emergencies can be kind of faked, but at the same time, like, if you... Obviously you have to these organizers are now kind of like keeping track of how teams are with visas like when they put in The requests and stuff like that and they they actually keep track of that now Or at least for the majors from from what I know they they just uh, require some sort of uh, documentation from the teams just to make sure that the process is coming along and stuff like that so putting it Putting it in light would probably not constitute an emergency. It would just like make them disqualified Medical
1: emergencies though medical emergencies.
2: That's what I was getting into getting into would be I guess partially fixable if you had external doctors like verifying this kind of the the, the problems. The problem the is, is like if, like, it's, l- look if, at this. if it every... is very late.
1: No, 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 uh, look, just simply put like this. Every player has like some sort of RSI. Like everyone has some kind of pain in their wrist because they're playing 10 hours of CS every day. So I... there's not, no way someone is telling me in any country in the world, any player of CS can't go to the doctor and say I have this, this, and this, and he won't say, "Okay, I'll I'll sign this that you can't play because it's like the only thing that doctors literally say to you when you come to them: I have a problem. Like, okay, take a week of rest and less stress. That is literally what they say. So this is it's, it's not a it's not a thing. I mean, it really can't.
2: I'm not sure what the experience with the, with the hospitals is in Croatia, but I haven't had that experience. Particularly, particularly. But I understand. use these
1: point. like pills, basic pills, and yeah, maybe get a blood test of something if you're actually fucked, but like 90 percent of the thing is like you're not going to be doing anything. It's just like you're doing one thing and that is injuring you, so stop doing that thing. Yeah, you can't place yes. But I it's mean, too, there's many work there, there, so many workarounds. There's some
2: tests. There are a lot of the tests that can go with it. But I, I understand. There's there's still ways. It would just be obviously a lot more complicated than just like finding a doctor of your own choosing that you've probably like went to when you wanted a you wanted a day off at school, or whatever, and who you obviously know is going to be able to give you that. It's, I never. It's obvious. It would be obviously be harder if it was somebody you don't know. If it was somebody who just came to your house to 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 inspect you and whatever. So right, I'm boys. just saying that it would be like another way of, of trying to trying to mitigate these. But obviously, I understand that there would still people would still find a way.
0: Yeah, life finds a way. A uh, great quote from a great man. But I got another great quote for everybody here, and this is why you've all come here this evening. <sighs> Imagine that you're walking slash jogging or going to somewhere by foot in Spain, and Jonathan E walks past you. Then what you gonna do? Quote. I will personally (laughs) hug him and kiss him on cheek and ask whether he would like to have a drink together. Of course, (laughs) announcing to him that I am a fellow HLTV user. This is from HLTV user Hannah Murphy. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the appearance of Jonathan E. He's not real. Jonathan E is actually just, uh, he's fake. He's not a real person. He's just uh, he's been brought out so you guys all have something to hate, right? Because you all get banned on the forums and they made Jonathan martyr. He's not even a human being. He's actually just a group account that all of HLTV.org uh, people, they have to ban you so that you can all hate together. And on that bombshell, uh, we're going to be ending the podcast. So we're going to be back um, on the 6th, I believe. and We're going to be doing a longer episode, so. more details to come with that. But we'll do a longer episode, hopefully get some guests in. We'll be doing a recap of the year so far uh so put that one in your calendars and then i believe the other date we'll be back will be the 19th and then we'll be doing the major challenger stage previews so tonight we had a lot to catch up on uh we're hopefully going to be back here quite a lot you can uh, get the audio versions of the podcast anchor.fm slash hltv for all of the previous podcasts you can listen to us rambling talking about counter-strike um but yeah jonathan e he doesn't exist fuck all y'all we're out